And good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of GCR. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Carson Weekly is here. Orioles have won three straight. They were hell-bent in getting that game in last night, man. My yeah, yeah, don't God. Don't you feel foolish for saying that they wouldn't play? I, I didn't know. I had no idea they were willing to go to the lengths that they went to. It felt like one of those things where if the rain had started at 5, then they obviously bagged the game, right? That because everybody got to the stadium mm. and the rain started at like 6.40, whatever it was, they were like, well, everybody's here. We got to try to do everything in our power in order to get the game in. To, like, let's be honest. We, we don't care because the Orioles won comfortably, but that was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> like the giant pools of water. It was just right in front of the dugout. That were on the – the balls were being hit over that way. <laughs> Guys had to run over that way. What, uh, who was in center field for the Reds last night? Oh, but, yeah, Friedel. Yeah. TJ Friedel. Poor dude. Just, yeah, he slipped and fell. Just falls down on a routine pop-up. And then he's on time there, gets to call a hit. I mean, it was it was comical. Now, again, the Orioles won. So who gives a rat's ass? And it's I don't think the Reds could try to sit there and say that the rain is the reason why they lost, although I'm sure they don't feel good about anything that happened last night. But come on, dude. <laughs> like, nothing about that was legitimate way that baseball should be played as much as it was we're here we're playing this baseball game come hell or literally high water we don't care it was even the infield was a i mean like everything about that game was a mess the balls that were just dying on the infield grass westbrook's debut was not a mess I, I, again, the result of the game was not a mess. The The way the game was being played was a mess. But I don't know why, for whatever reason, they were hell-bent on playing the baseball game last night. And they, they gave a free ticket voucher to everyone that stuck around. I kind of want to know a little bit more about that. I don't want to be critical, <laughs> but I the way that read was they gave it just to the people that stuck around, and that's not – like anybody who was at that game last right, night okay. yeah. should have been offered – like the idea that hey, I've got to go to watch three. Innings, I've got to yeah. go to work tomorrow. I can't wait out this rain delay. My, you know, like I, I have a, I can't do this. I can't let my kids go to bed at one a.m. So I've got to leave, and so you miss out. Like I, I think anybody who had a ticket to that game last night should be rewarded with the same voucher offer, not just the people that stuck it out. This we don't live in a world where it's. Everybody can just be up until midnight to watch baseball on a Monday night. It just doesn't work that way. Some people probably have medical conditions that mean it's not a good idea for them to wait out and, you know, unpleasant conditions, things like that. You know, if you're a diabetic, I'm not, you know, whatever it is. I just, I'm not trying to be critical. I just think that offer should be extended to anyone who was at that game, not just the people that stuck it out. Because it wasn't a pleasant night for baseball, and you know you probably shouldn't have played the game. You, again, they won. Who cares? A win's a win's a win. But come on, man. There's a reason why you offered what you offered. Like It's because it, it was not a reasonable night to attempt to play baseball. Like Just let everybody have the free ticket. Like it's, it's a good thing. Thumbs up. Good thing. I just think it should be extended. Yeah, that's, that's all. Fair. That's yeah. all. That's Seattle kind of like made sense, right? Because they're West Coast, so it was little more like inclined for us to wait out the delay a couple days ago when that mm-hmm. happened but like i it's also a weekend i i know but like it's the, a drastically is, different circumstance a, when it's a train a ride man I, i'm no. real i'm really surprised they played last night i'm stunned that they played last night again i think it had everything to do with everybody getting to the ballpark 
so the or starting relatively on time. If they had canceled the game ahead of time before any rain had fallen, we would have all made fun of them, right? Because that's what we do. We we have no, we are lost as a society. We can't say, hey, appreciate you looking out for everybody and not wanting everybody to drive down to the ballpark and going ahead and you know bagging the game before everybody anybody ever got there. Instead, we get furious if they do that it's not even right it looks beautiful outside what are you doing because we're just all we are so stupid we are the dumbest people that have ever existed we got all this technology and we all it's done is proven how stupid we are that's it now maybe we were always this stupid and we just had less ways to prove how stupid we were in the past because we didn't have a twitter like we are the dumbest the this has got to be the dumbest period in the history of civilization so it's just because it's just because the dumbness is all more accessible, you know. Yes, the, the dumb, the dumbness. Yes, the dumbness is everywhere. You used to stay all locked up in everyone's yeah. heads, but now you can oh, regurgitate that onto something just like showing Twitter and to humanity it. how stupid you are constantly. So they couldn't bang it ahead of time because then they would have been criticized, right? So now everybody's there, and what are you gonna do? Like cancel the game? Nah, let's just play through the dude. It was pouring. It was. Pouring, and they were trying to keep the game going. Like it was tor- a torrential downpour, and they were like, "Eh, let's see if we can stick it out. <laughs> let's just see if maybe we can keep playing this thing." Now, it ended up being a great. That was the inning where the Orioles got three straight walks with two outs, and yeah. I believe they were all three two counts, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Including I mean, again, what the Jorge Mateo, who suddenly <laughs> feels the heat. Like, Jordan Westberg, they started telling him, like, hey, dude, we think we may be bringing up Westberg soon. And all of a sudden, yeah, Jorge Mateo's like, like right. I'm going to take some pitches. <laughs> I'm going to be a new man. Guess I got to get on base now. Right. Um, so, Westberg, Mateo, and then who was the third in the three straight um, box? Was that McKenna, I think? Yeah, because uh, yeah, McKenna's bad. McKenna was bad after nine. Westberg. Well, he, so he, he was, yeah. Was. Oh, so, it was, we- yeah, it was Westberg, McKenna, and Mateo. And then Austin Hayes gets a two-run single. Mm. It was a nightmare. I mean, my God, there was no reason that that should have been happening. But it worked out. <laughs> Orioles go in front. They never look back. And they ultimately win the game. And, yes, it was a neat night, obviously, for Jordan Westberg, the uh, the crew from uh, LGC behind the plate, uh, my guy Phil Walls and all of them. They were having a great time. And then uh, Jordan's family was there. That was all wonderful. He gets, you know, his first career walk and his first career RBI and his first career hit. He gets to and the spectacular. I mean, my God, the that glove play. Oh that was goodness. just absolutely brilliant. So, um, you know, I don't know what we call that. What, what do you call a game in which you get a wow. no, you get a walk, an RBI, a hit, and then a yeah, web gem defensive play. Uh, the Westbrook game, yeah. No, we need to come up with – there's a more appropriate term for it somewhere. Like, you know, in hockey – Right, the, oh, you have the – The Gordie Howe hat trick. So you have a hat trick, and then you have the Gordie Howe hat trick with, like, a so it was a, uh, walk. a goal and assist and a fight is a Gordie Howe hat trick. So a walk, hit, like doing a little bit of everything. Who's the player that most – An RBI represents? on non, on a non-hit. Well, yeah. that, no, it doesn't have to be the – I'm just saying, you got a game where you have a walk, a hit, uh, an RBI, and a web gem defensive play. Who is the player that we would most associate with doing – Acuna, for me personally. Well, I think, but that he, I think I mean, Acuna's I'm, too much of a power hitter. I think you'd have to have a home run in there for it to be an Acuna. Okay, uh, just because everybody was already making the comparisons, but Marquecas kind of, I don't know. Eh, I mean, Marquecas didn't make a lot of web gem defense. Yeah. It almost has to be an infielder. I don't want to say the guy that came to mind at Craig first. Craig Biggio could be Craig Biggio. Yeah, Biggio, I think he'd have to throw a stolen base in for it to be a Biggio. And he tried. Yeah. Westberg sure tried. He was out by a good bit. <laughs> 
Um, I think Biggio, a Biggio hat trick would have to include a stolen base. I don't want to say it, but I think the the I, oh, Dustin Pedroia was who Dustin, came to mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that's who that's who the, came the to gritty mind. Guys. A, a slaps yeah. a slap single yep. up the middle. A little bit of everything. Mm. Like not not nothing that makes you the greatest player of all time, but just enough of everything. You're always that, in on the play. God, you know. but I don't want to say that. So we have to come up with something better. Come up with something that's not Dustin Pedroia, because I don't ever want to make it a Dustin Pedroia hat trick. Ah, I just Troy uh, Troy Tulowitzki. We could say that instead. Yeah, Rocky's but Troy. Even Tulewitzki. he was kind of more of a power hitter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's got to be someone hitters. who you specifically don't think of as a power hitter, because for to be a for it to be a Tulowitzki hat trick, I think it would right. have to include a home run. Sure, sure. That's why it can't be Machado. And Machado, you know, obviously his career changed. Mm-hmm. Be, I'm thinking of early career Machado. Who is who is Michael this Young? Guy? I don't know. Mm, that's not good enough. Kinsler. Kinsler's not bad. Like Kinsler's more of a power hitter than Rouse gonna even right? he though is a power hitter. And Westberg we think is gonna ultimately be a power hitter, but last night but it wasn't about power, wasn't. right? Like that's why I'm trying to come up with who is the example of the guy that wasn't a power hitter. I need that today. I need somebody to come up with an answer with that. Andrelton Simmons could be Ray more. Durham. I, don't know. Uh, Ray I like D- that. But Ray Durham was that's more a of a speedster. One. I think he'd need to have yeah, a, a stolen okay. base for a Ray Durham hat trick. And somebody might say Jeter, but Jeter was not a good defensive player, so it can't be Jeter. How many gold gloves did he win? Yeah, oh God, I couldn't believe Adam Jones trying to get into. So that uh, I, our buddy Eric Arditi started drumming up some dumb Twitter account was trying to go <laughs> on about Jeter as a defensive player when everybody knows that literally all of defensive metrics say he was an average defender, kind of at best. Um, and so our, our buddy Eric Arditi was going back and forth, and suddenly Adam Jones hops in there to defend Eric Jeter, and I'm oh, like, bro, no. st- don't, don't. Don't. We love you. Please don't do this. Don't be that guy. All right, keep working on that today. I'm tasking you, uh, Carson, with coming okay. up with the appropriate answer. I want to okay. know what what kind of hat trick do we call that? Hold last on. Night? So you want uh, an RBI, a hit, a walk, and a nice defensive play? Yeah. I, you know, in fact, we're going to tweet about it. Jordan Westberg had the a, a hit, an RBI, a walk, and a defensive gem last night. Who is the appropriate player? This is captivating radio that you guys well, have been I mean, asking for. I'm sure you guys watching us look stuff up. That a blank yeah. hat trick because Glenn refuses to call it a Dustin Pedroia hat trick. Yeah, I mean everyone that I'm even coming to mind is that's what comes to mind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everyone that comes to mind is also is like very much a speedster. So I mean, I mean, maybe he maybe he develops into. Well, I understand, but for one night, I'm saying you take the stolen base equation out of it. Who is okay. like and a caught stealing? Add that to the list. I, like Omar Vizquel comes to mind, but mm-hmm. he was more defense. That like this is the funny part about Vizquel. I don't know how much he walked. Vizquel was a much better offensive player than Chase he gets Utley. credit for. But Utley was kind of a power hitter too. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta. In order for it to be that a, a, a game that you associate with that player, um, y- they can't. Yeah. Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist. That's not bad. That's not bad. Ben Zobrist is not a bad one. He was like a decent power hitter, but I don't yeah. think you would need a home run in order to call it a Ben Zobrist hat trick. 
right, sorry. Lorenzo Kane. This is definitely not worth all the time. Fast. Yeah, yeah. Lorenzo Kane's definitely way too fast for that to be a. Um, Jeff is McNeil is one that I just came up with. Jeff McNeil's probably that type of player. Yeah, Jeff McNeil. Definitely did. a slap single off the middle type Jeff, of player. Was Jeff McNeil regularly making web gems? That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to look at the defensive <laughs> metrics. And it, Mark it, Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I I don't know anything enough about Mark Ellis. He played for the A's, right? He played for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's let's move on. <laughs> I don't know what just happened here. I got completely bogged down by this. Uh yes. Nice night for Jordan Westberg. Obviously a fun start. The the question will now be is the Orioles did a another kind of goofy lineup last night. Um I mean, yeah, when Gunner wasn't in it, I was like, I mean, like... Yeah. Especially when they're promoting, obviously it doesn't matter. They put up 10 runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're promoting... Cedric Rollins hitting sixth. They're like promoting, was, yeah. Promoting everyone to get out to the ballpark. It's Gunner's birthday. They had, like, the discounted tickets all right. last week. And then Gunner's not in the lineup last I, night. I mean, I, I understand the matchup stuff. Again, the question becomes, is this just what it's going to be? And is Jordan Westbrook just going to be playing a different position every night? And that's what I keep coming back to with this promotion of Jordan Westbrook. And by the way, they might they might have mathematically their reasons for why this is the best thing to do. That ultimately, what you believe about a player getting comfortable to position is not backed up by the data that they have that says that we have ran all the numbers. It's better for us to put what we think is mathematically the best lineup out there every night, and we'll live with a guy playing a different position. We don't think the trade-off of what that does in their development matters. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to try to pretend like I do know more than Mike Elias because I don't know more than Mike Elias, but I just don't like it. I don't like the thought that tonight Westberg could be playing shorter, tonight Westberg could be playing third. Like I would just say pick a position, have him play there, and that's the way that it'll go. Um, their face. I don't even know. Is Abbott a righty or a lefty? I don't. Uh, I genuinely don't I think even he's know. a righty. We have, we, we're, I mean, I just. I only started hearing of him about a week ago. So apologies. I have not. Uh, I. I have not. He is a lefty. You're right. He's a yes. lefty. Yes. Okay. So another punt lineup. Pre- well, I, that's, don't say that. <laughs> I mean, they scored ten runs. Yeah, they dog. did score ten runs. <laughs> they scored ten runs, and Griffin's over here with a. A punt lineup. They need a Ryan, more Ryan O'Hearn. Why is it that it looks to me like Aaron Hicks, it, when he's a righty, is a foot further away from the plate than when he's a lefty? Man, Why does it look like be. that to me? It's yeah. so weird. I when, thought Westberg looked far from the plate, too, last night. I didn't notice oh, that. It didn't affect his eye, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, No, I, his eye was great. Uh, yeah. Didn't really affect anyone's eye last no. night. What did the Orioles have? Eight walks in that game, something like that? It was nuts how many walks they took in that game. It was, I don't think it was eight, but they took a lot of walks. It was a lot of walks. There was a lot of walks <laughs> last night. It was very pleasant. A uh, little bit, little bit of everything last night. Um, the weird situation being they, pff, what nine walks? Was it nine? It was nine. Damn. I said I don't Aaron think Hicks was, was walked three s- times. I said yeah. I don't think it was eight, and I was right. <laughs> I Mateo was walked correct. twice. Aaron Hicks three times. Ma- Jorge Mateo walking twice. I-, I can't believe they didn't stop the game for a ceremony. I want to see what his. Like I can't believe they didn't immediately. I want to see what his on did, base was three did days they, ago. Did but... they send his 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 hat to Cooperstown or something <laughs> afterward? <laughs> Miracle. We witnessed a miracle last night. So I assume they have to make uh, a roster move today because they're going to need a pitcher. I assume they're going to have to either send Irvin back down or Zimmerman back down. And I don't – like the easy thing to say is send Zimmerman back down because Irvin's your fifth starter. Irvin wasn't looking great to start the game either. Yeah. Like uh, well, but he retired seven straight before the rain. Came. I understand mm-hmm. that. Like after a shaky start, he did settle down for a little bit. 
Um, I just don't feel strongly enough about Cole Irvin. That, like, I, I, I guess right. between the two, they would probably send Zimmerman down. Like, I understand it because that's just probably what they would do. I, this is just me not not feeling anything at all about Irvin. And you don't need a fifth starter this weekend because you could have Wells pitch on Sunday. Now, they will probably try to avoid that because it goes back to the conversation that we were having about at some point you have to address the innings thing with Tyler Wells. And so would, wouldn't you want to take advantage of an opportunity to push him for another day of rest? But I don't know. If this, if if you're playing a series against Minnesota on Sunday and the team split the first two games, I'd rather have Tyler Wells start that game than Cole Irvin start that game to try to win the series. It's an awkward it's an awkward they're gonna have to make a roster move it'll probably be Zimmerman that goes yeah but like he's got two options Irvin has one so yeah but how many what was okay what is what is Irvin's nah, this is, gets, gets me into a whole nother I guess the question becomes how much do you really believe that the Cole Irvin is part of this and Zimmerman's right. already been optioned once this year yes and so but, but that's like both those guys have been optioned so it doesn't matter anymore the, the, you don't Options are just years that you can be optioned. It's not how many times oh, okay. you've been optioned in a season. Like, once you've been optioned once during the year, that's your option for the year. Gotcha. So n- that doesn't matter anymore. They've already optioned Cole Irvin once, so they've already they've already tacked that number. That number doesn't go down to zero until next year. So gotcha. they could option him as many gotcha. times as they want the rest of the year now. that's It's a common misconception, mm. but uh, the option number is the number of years that you can be optioned not the number of actual times that you can be optioned. Once you've been optioned once for the year, you can't be op- you know, that number doesn't go down again until gotcha. next year. So I I I don't know. I get it. The Zimmerman will almost certainly be the move, but I just wouldn't it wouldn't bother your pal G C at all if it was Cole Irvin that got optioned again because I just don't I I don't I know I know Stan loves him, but I just I have not seen well, it. There has been nothing there that has made me say that I think the Cole Irvin is really a part of this in any particular way. And there are just other guys that I would rather have be throwing innings at the major league level. Not that I again, not that I feel strongly about Zimmerman. That's that's the difficult part of this. It's like I'm not trying to argue for why Bruce Zimmerman should be here. It's just that I wouldn't care if it was Irvin. I don't think that that's the way that it will go. Um. They're obviously com- they want Irvin to work out because he's under control for three more years, and so that's very desirable to them that they would have that much control on Cole Irvin if he can become a legitimate major league pitcher. We are still not certain that that day is going to happen. Ultimately, we'll find out. They will almost certainly make that move today in order to get another pitcher here after they had to use. And again, this goes back to the silliness of how desperate they were to play the game last night that they were only able to get a couple of innings out of Cole Irvin. They had to go to Bruce Zimmerman, and because of that, it is, they are going to have to manipulate the roster. And that's that's why it was weird to me that they were so hell-bent on playing the game. I also wonder if it had something to do with Westberg. Like if it, they but, really wanted... Because they tried to get people to come to the... Because they advertised it ahead of time, they tried to get people to come to the game, his family's there, the whole thing. Like I do wonder... If there was an element of that that made them more hell bent about the, uh, the LG, what were they called? The LGC, yeah, okay. Phil and the, those guys. But I, I don't think you do it for Phil. <laughs> like I love the guy, but I don't think you do it for him. Uh, but like I, I don't know if somebody from Jordan Westberg's family was only able to come in for last night and wouldn't have been able to stay for tomorrow. You know, I, I, I don't know. But I just wonder if that played a role in why they decided that they were going to stick it out and play in such a weird circumstance. And again end up 
manipulating their bullpen in the process the way that they did. It's, you know, you can do that, and they did, obviously, but it's unfortunate that it would cost you having to make another roster move today and having to go to three innings of Zimmerman out of the bullpen last night and now have to make a move because of it today. We'll see what that ends up being. All right, I got three guys real quick. Okay. If All you right. want, then All we can right. put this to bed. Okay. Alcides Escobar. Alcides Escobar. Alexi All right. Ramirez. All right. And Brandon Phillips. After I looked at uh, outs above average and okay. some, and then like walks, and I looked at singles because I was wondering who was really? in singles. Alcides Escobar and Brandon walks. Phillips, and who was the third? Alexi Ramirez from the White Sox. Alexi Ramirez, jeez. Or I guess like Gordon Beckham too. Then if, none we're of those ta- guys, if we're talking White here's Sox, here's the problem with that li- list of guys is that none of them sound. It doesn't sound like a sexy, you know. What like, about Brent? He was good in the Brandon field. Brandon Phillips certainly had his moments. There's no doubt about that. But Alcides Escobar and Alex, I was thinking Brandon Phillips too. Yeah. Alcides Escobar did quietly hit like 290, like three or four years, like one of those Royals years. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. During that time, during those good years for them, he was actually pretty our, good. Our guy John Miller brought up Pete Rose and Willie Randolph. It's definitely not Ricky Henderson. You can't have a Ricky Henderson hat trick without a stolen base. Come on, guy. I love you. You know that I love you, John. Um, but he can't be a Ricky Henderson. I think that was, trip. yeah. Pete. What? Well, I think that well, when he went Ricky Henderson, then Pete Rose. Well, Pete Rose, too. I think you would have to have, like, multiple hits right. in a game in order Three for it to be a, yeah, for it be a Pete and Rose. Maybe, like, trip. you would have to slide head first. We, yeah, right. Willie Randolph, however. Willie Randolph. He would have had to take out the shortstop when getting caught still. Right. 100%. <laughs> Trying to figure out what kind of hat trick Jordan Westberg had last night. Maybe Jonathan Mayo's got an answer for us. Uh, Jonathan Mayo, MLB.com, MLB Network, MLB Pipeline. He is with us this morning here on GCR. Jonathan, what we're trying to figure out, last night, Jordan Westberg had a hit, he had a walk, he had an RBI, and he had a web gem all in the same game. We would call that a blank player hat trick. Who is the player that I'm looking for here? Web gem, walk. Hit, RBI. So specifically, note, like... We've ruled out a lot of guys because there was no home run and no stolen base. Right? No stolen base. Yeah, I heard. Right. I heard you guys. Um, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let that. I'm gonna let that percolate All while right, we let talk. It, let it marinate for a second. I, and, here's, uh, here's the and problem. Then I'll tap dance and try to come up with something. Go I ahead. think I know what the answer is, but we refuse to give it credit because we will not honor Dustin Pedroia in this city. And I feel like that's probably the correct answer, but that's I won't. Pretty good. I won't do that. It can't be a Dustin Pedroia hat trick. Because then we would have to say nice things about Dustin Pedroia, and we just we will not do that here in Baltimore. So um, I got to come up with something besides Pedroia for that list. All right, we had, there was a real reason why we wanted to talk to you. First of all, I always appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Jonathan Mayo. Of course. Um, there is a new uh, or an updated midseason top 100 prospects list, and as we see Ellie De La Cruz up in Baltimore this week, it's a reminder that there was a need for a new number one, and that number one is Jackson Holiday meaning it's three straight years where the Orioles have had a number one overall prospect. Jonathan, just take me through, like, it, it's it's really mind-boggling to me how good Jackson Holiday has been so quickly. And I'm not trying to get too overwhelmed by high-A baseball, but my God, he's not 20 years old yet. And, and it just, there's nothing that we have seen that would suggest anything other than this kid is as natural as it gets. Yeah, I think, it's okay to get a little overwhelmed. Um, and you know me, I, I'm usually a pump the brakes kind of guy yeah. uh, while, get, while getting excited about prospects. I mean, it, it's, uh, I'm not one of, you know, I'm not going to rain on everyone's parade, but uh, it's rare for a guy to be the number one pick in the draft and to be thought of so highly to be better than expected. Um, you know, I think given how he sort of 
made a huge leap forward his senior year of high school uh, and his pro debut last year. I, I thought he'd have success. And if you had told me that this year he'd play across two levels of A-ball, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds good, and puts him on a little bit of a faster track uh, and, and, you know, and all that. But this is, this is absurd. You know, and I think it's getting to the point now where I think the, uh, the Orioles are going to have to start contemplating him you know, moving him up to double A, maybe after he goes to the Futures game, mm-hmm. you know, just tell him, don't bother going back to Aberdeen, head mm-hmm. to Bowie. I mean, not that they're that far from each other, but, um, you know, uh, I, I I think that's extremely reasonable. And then we're talking about a timeline where you're going to see Jackson Holiday in Baltimore in 2024. I, it's it's so funny. You can, every time I brought that up, and I think you and I might have even talked about it early in the season, I, I want to say it's crazy to think that way. It's nuts to think that way, but... Like, my God, why wouldn't it be practical to start thinking about Jackson Holiday in Baltimore in 2024? I don't, I, it's not even being that aggressive. And listen, if he doesn't make it up in 2024, so be it. Right. You know, um, I think you, you don't let anything get in the way of that happening if he's ready. But knowing also that the Orioles have a lot of infield talent, so there's no need to do it just cause. This isn't the Orioles of a few years ago uh, where you start thinking, like, maybe we better get this guy up just to build a little excitement, assuming that he's, he's, he's ready. You know, I think Michael Elias and company have had a plan all along, and they didn't really rush people just to, to, to make some headlines and put some fans in seats. But there, that doesn't have to enter the equation in, in any way, shape, or form. You know, I think there's confidence that some combination of Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Westberg, Connor Norby, uh, Joey Ortiz – could certainly handle the infield until Jackson Holiday is ready, but I don't think any of those guys, uh, you know, other than Gunner, and you know, you move him to third base and it's fine, uh, are, are going to get in the way of Jackson Holiday making it up to Baltimore. And and if he finishes, if he plays the, you know, post All Star break in Double A, uh, even if he starts back in Double A next year, there's no reason to think he's not going to just keep doing what he's doing. It means set by second half of 2024, and I'm. This, it's crazy to say that's almost being a little conservative. It's nuts. God, this is nuts. Like I, I, I mean, I boy, we've seen more aggressive things. I, to your point, I do wonder if there's a part of this that some of it is maybe we need to line them up with the other you know guys that are here just for a window purposes, and not to say you force it, but it's ideal that it would work out that he would be here in 2024 because then. You know, you wouldn't have such a disparity between Adley Rutschman's, you know, uh, hopefully they'll sign at some point, but I don't know. I don't know that I'm betting on it. Gunnar Henderson, now Jordan Westberg, we we assume Colton Kowser, maybe even Heston Kerstad next year, that it's ideal to have the window for all of these guys as close together as possible. Well, I think, you know, it's, um, it's a sign that a farm system is doing what it's supposed to. And yeah, I mean, the Orioles, you know, obviously are, are winning at the big league level too, but what you want when you're rebuilding is to get to the point where you you're building and there's a pool of major league ready talent at the upper levels. And if it's really going well, you have too much talent because then the competition, uh, get, you know, it, it forces the best out of the players you have. Uh, and it gives you, you know, some trade possibilities. And I think the Orioles are, I don't think they're ever, they're never going to blow up the farm system, yeah. but because of where they are uh, at the big league level, I think they're in a position where they could trade from their from their depth 
at the top um, because teams that are rebuilding often are happy to bring in guys who are going to help them right away um, uh, or at the beginning of next year, say uh, they can do that without like really sort of stripping the, the cupboards bare. Let me come back to that in one second. We're chatting with Jonathan Mayo here on GCR. I just want to, because I, I mentioned L.A. De, De La Cruz at the top, but it's important for me to say this. It's not that you guys graduated L.A. De La Cruz yet. And, and is exciting. Like, he's panned out. It, we already see that dude is as special as everybody thought he was. You guys went ahead and put Jackson Holiday over L.A. De La Cruz, despite the fact that L.A. De La Cruz has already proven to be everything that everyone thought he was. That seems to be an even a greater statement about where you guys believe Jackson Holiday is. Yeah, I mean, I think there isn't really very much separating the two of them. Uh, and we we certainly heard it from some people uh, yeah. on Twitter. Because, you know, people on Twitter tend to be very nice. No, um, as you know, it's a, it's a uh, wonderful at, place. Not at all it accessible. It is yeah. warm and welcoming. Yeah. Uh, and listen, I love Ellie De La Cruz, and I have for a long time. I do the Reds Top 30, and he is extremely exciting. I think everything he is doing is 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 absolutely legitimate. It's also seventy three at bats, you know. And I mean the the only thing that's ever made us pause about Ellie De La Cruz over the last year and a half and change has been you know some mild approach questions, a lot of swing and miss. He doesn't draw a lot of walks. Um, that's you know there is some of that even in this unbelievably stirring major league debut from him. Uh, and that maybe that's the only small, tiny separator. But I think mm-hmm. you could you could line the two of them up in any way, shape, or form. And then Jackson Churio, we have number three, isn't really all that far behind either. It's it's uh, considering the amount of graduations we have, that top three is is really exciting. All right, so let me go back to something you just said a second ago. Mm-hmm. You s- you were talking about the idea of trading, and obviously it seems over what you have too much as far as infield prospects are concerned, they can't all find a home in Baltimore. The The situation here is that every Orioles fan wants to say, well, just trade Joey Ortiz and trade Connor Norby and get yourself a top-of-the-rotation starter with those guys. And that sounds great in theory. My question is, and they're both in your top 100, because those mm-hmm. are the most ideal options for a trade, because those appear to be the guys who will be blocked by the fact that Gunner Jackson and Jordan Westberg would be the, the considered the top guys in the system, what really are those guys as far as trade chips would be concerned? How thought of would they be throughout baseball? What really could you get if you were looking to move Joey Ortiz and Connor Norby? I think they're both very good, and you probably could get something in return like that will help you. I don't know that Joey Ortiz and Connor Norby fetch you a top of the rotation starter. Um, you know, and I think, listen, I think Joey Ortiz could probably be an everyday shortstop. I think Connor Norby probably could be an everyday second baseman or he could play the outfield. The guy who you might have to add in, and I hate to say this because, you know, family, but where's Kobe Mayo? Now, if, now, if you think that eventually he's a first baseman, that's a different that's a different story and he's been playing some first base mm-hmm. um he might have a little even though you know we have him behind you know ortiz and norby he's 21 and and the upside and mashing in double yeah. a there's a little more upside the power potential at a corner infield spot you, know, you look around baseball uh you know like the futures game rosters came out and you know finding first baseman it, it's not easy there aren't like it's it's not a deep position so if you think he's going to play first, 
Um, or even if you want him to play third and you find a, a, a place for him to go, um, he might get more back in return because I think he has the potential to be, you know, like an all-star caliber player. Um, obviously, we put Ortiz and Norby in the, in the top 100. We think that they both have a chance to be above average major leaguers. I think we may look back and realize that perhaps, uh, you know, my nephew Kobe should be ahead of Ortiz and Norby. <laughs> Let me ask it this way. Do you feel like a championship caliber or a championship contending roster, let's say the Orioles remain committed to Anthony Santander. I, I have no idea where they are with Ryan Mountcastle at this point, and I think most of us are starting to assume there isn't a commitment to Mountcastle. But Santander and Kerstad, is that enough power for the middle of an order that you could feel comfortable in moving on from a Kobe Mayo in a trade? Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, especially because you're getting – it's not like those are the only two spots you're getting power from. Yeah, Westberg, for example, <laughs> it looks like is going to be more of a power hitter than maybe we originally Westberg, thought it was going to be. Westberg's going to hit for plenty of power. Gunner's going to hit for power. Adley Rushman's going to hit for power. Yeah. Jackson Holiday's going to hit for power. Colton cowser has got power. I mean, it's kind of bonkers. You have lots and lots of options yeah. here. So I think that you could trade, honestly, you could trade any one of the players after Jackson Holiday and, and not feel the hurt from that. You know, would those guys go on to do great things? And you'll think, oof, maybe we shouldn't have done that? Maybe. And I don't think that the Orioles front office are going to trade any of these guys away for like a, a two-month rental for a run at a ring. Oh, I think maybe yeah. they will trade from their depth more for that right. if they had to. Right. Right. Let's well, let's you know be fanciful and say they try to come up with some way to trade for Shohei Otani for two months, knowing that they won't see him ever again. Correct. I don't know. Yeah. You know, could they, that they could make I'll, happen. I'll, let's be more practical. Let's say it's yeah. Marcus Stroman, right? That they're trying to trade for. Yeah. Who's got an opt out at the end of the year? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I think that because they're so deep, and depending on what it is the trading partner wants, you know, the Orioles have the ability to also trade guys from lower, from lower levels, which mm -hmm. appeal to, to people. A, a you know, Samuel Basayo type, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Where you're like, I mean, listen, that you, you, they may look back and be like, boy, I was an all-star catcher, mm -hmm. but you do have Adley Rushman. Yep. Um, now you don't, you don't necessarily do it just based on that, but I think, you might be willing to part with someone with that kind of upside. And listen, I think Samuel Basayo will, will end up on the top 100 at some point, um, you know, if not this year, then next, um, you know, but catchers take a little bit longer. Uh, there isn't as much of a need, you know, that he may be very appealing to teams who are always looking for help behind the plate. Let me let me just for the fun. I'm gonna I'm put you on the spot, right? And I'm gonna and then we'll plug your book too, right? But I'm gonna put you on the spot. You got to make a trade. You're looking to acquire a pitcher with another year of control. So let's just say it's like a Corbin Burns type. Mm -hmm. Would you be more inclined to put Westberg in that deal or Mayo in that deal to acquire that type of player? I mean, I, I that's tough. Mm. Um, and you know, it's funny. There's a reason why, like, I stopped playing fantasy baseball because I was always the guy that drafted the prospects too too quickly, <laughs> right. um, too soon. So, like, I'm I'm always kind of like, hmm, I, I want to yeah, keep all of them. I get I it. I want to play a nine man infield. Right. I, I don't know. I think I might trade Kobe Mayo if only because 
of Westburn's defensive versatility. Sure. You know, as much as we talk about his offense and his ability to, you know, be a run producer. Dude, the play he made last night was uh, bonkers. Like, we're all talking about him well, as a bad. And, and you know that's not the first time he's made a play like that. Right. Like, he, he is capable of playing three infield positions well. Not just like, oh, you know what, he's not one of these offensive-minded super utility guys who you just, you don't want him to play every day in one spot because he's okay, but you just want to get the bat in the lineup. Like, He's probably an above average, if not better, defender at second and third. And he can play. And if you needed him to play short every day, he'd be fine there. Oh, and he's also shown that he's athletic enough to play the outfield corners pretty well. So um, I, I might give use that as a little bit of an edge, even if Kobe Mayo's sort of the power and run production upside is a bit higher. I I, I understand that. It's an interesting thought. Um, Jonathan Mayo is with us. Just two more, and then we're going to talk about your book first. The guy that it's not on the top 100 anymore, and I completely understand, is D.L. Hall. At this point, what in the world do we even make of D.L. This is so bizarre that they wanted to stretch him out as a starter. Now they're going back to have him deload. I I have no clue what to make of what D.L. Hall is at this point. No, uh, you and me both. I mean, and I think that's... Uh, sort of to peek behind the curtain a little bit, when we were doing our preseason top 100, uh, our first iteration did not have him on it because for the same issues, like, I don't know what to do with this. Um, And we had enough feedback from evaluators who said, listen, the stuff, you can't walk away from that stuff from the the left side. Listen, I, I think he's a reliever, you know, and I think that they should just... I understand you, you know, the, the reason to stretch him out. You, you let him continue to work on all of his stuff um, because he does have the repertoire, right? I mean, we're talking four above-average pitches. But, you know, at, at a certain point in time, you just have to say he's not going to find the strike zone consistently enough to be a successful starter. And, you know, today's game, you only need a starter maybe to go five innings. But, like, even that's been a little difficult. Like, shorten him up. Maybe he's a multi-inning guy. Those have more and more value where he can come in and just let it fly for two innings every few days, you know, every couple days. Maybe he ends up being a closer. I don't know. The stuff is stupid, right? And in, in shorter stints, we've all seen it'll even take up more. You know, so I, I, I think this is a guy who could probably, you know, be up around triple digits consistently in shorter stints with nasty breaking stuff. You know what? It, the changeup is, is, is elite at times, you know, so you don't want to take that away. Let him throw all four pitches over two innings out of the bullpen, you know, and I think that might have more of an impact. And the, the, by the way, maybe that's still a top 100 talent. We just haven't tended to put guys who are relievers in the top 100. And his yeah. command issues have just it made it that, you know, that have continued this year made it that I- was, it was time for him to, to remove him from that list. And I'm assuming that Grayson graduated because he pitched enough at the major league level that he had yep. to graduate before he got sent down. Uh, where where would he be at this point based on kind of everything, the totality of what we've seen this season? I mean, we had him in the top 10, uh, and I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't knock him down from that just because he struggled in the big leagues. Yeah. I mean, he's still 23. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to figure it out. Maybe we would, you know, knock him down a little bit, but <clears throat> I wouldn't 
I wouldn't too much. You know, he's already sort of starting to find it in Triple A. Um, the command has been a little bit uh, concerning, but con- considering that overall he's been a guy who's been in and around the strike zone, and with his stuff, I think I think he's going to be just fine. Um, so I don't. Maybe we would ding him a little bit performance wise if he were still on the list, but. What does that mean? Maybe he'd be in the 11 to 15 range. Uh, I mean, I, at worst, that still sounds pretty good to us. We still think that that's real. Work. He's yeah. going to be good. Like you guys have all seen, like, yeah, he's not oh, the, the first guy real. Yeah. who's highly touted, yeah. who struggles his first go round and then figures it out. All right. So in just two weeks, the book will be out smart, wrong and lucky. The origin stories of baseball's unexpected stars. I need you to let Griffin know how we can get uh, a PDF copy so I can start diving into it because I really want to. Oh, Jonathan. I have to find out if that exists. All right. We'll, 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 we'll work on that. We'll work somehow. on that. But uh, remind everybody what it's all about. Yeah, it's kind of looking at players who were you know, undervalued or underappreciated as, as amateurs. Uh, and telling their sort of origin stories of how they were discovered and scouted and signed, who then went on to become superstars. And I think, you know, Albert Pujols is a chapter in the book, and he's the guy that most people think of. Uh, But there's a lot of other great stories from some of the great players in the game, Jacob deGrom, uh, Mookie Betts, uh, you know, a lot of of other players, Shane Bieber, who were varying degrees, Joey Votto's in the book, you know, Varying degrees were not necessarily expected to do what they've done. And, you know, I, I talk to scouts all the time, you know, day to day, and they are the greatest storytellers. Uh, and they love talking about either the guys they missed on um, or the guys like this. You know, they, they'll tell stories about their colleagues who are like, hey, this guy was on Jacob deGrom when he was a light hitting shortstop at Stetson mm. who barely pitched. Mm. Um, and was 88 to 91 in college. You know, now the best thing is that for all these chapters, I kept giving them the opportunity to be like, yes, I knew that Albert Pujols would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> I knew that Jacob DeGrom would right. be the best pitcher in baseball for a number of years. And they're all too smart and hum- been humbled by this game too much to, to, to fall for that. But um, I wanted to shine a light on the work that scouts do and also the work that these players did because, you know, all of them were guys who, uh, you know, you maybe used the fact that they were underappreciated as motivation and just worked. You know, it, it, it takes a combination of talent and, and work. And, and it's, you know, scouting, scouting these guys and getting it right is really, really hard. And these are all uh, instances of when scouts took a chance on a guy uh, and it panned out. Uh, the book will be available on the 11th. Griffin's going to link it up on our Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio, so you can pre-order it. Uh, I can't wait, and I will absolutely. We will end up doing like a book report sometime after you get through like the draft craziness. You and I will have that conversation, and I'll look forward Sounds to good. that. At Jonathan Mayo on Twitter, as always, dude, you always kill it. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Jonathan Mayo, MLB Pipeline, MLB.com, MLB Network. Um, you know a. a on a on the the scouting scale, he is absolutely an eighty as far as guests go. He and you know Jim Callis, those are two of my absolute favorite guests that we have on constantly. Great information. I admittedly, whenever we go through something like this, I start having that thing where I'm like, I don't want to trade anybody. <laughs> like, I don't want to trade anybody because I I get it. Everybody's gonna say, we'll just trade Ortiz and Norby. Well, one of the things you're dealing with is that like, every team knows those are the guys that you want to trade. Right. And even if they value them. 
in negotiations, they're going to push back because they're going to say, yeah, we know you've got a problem. It's like the guy, the football player that everybody knows a team is going to release. They're trying to trade. Like, all the other teams know you're going to release him. So there's a limit to what it is they're willing to give you because they feel like they're going to have a shot to get the guy on the open market if they don't trade for him. So They don't have much leverage right now. That's the, the, the problem the, with, like, if, and I, I, somebody said this to me before, and I wish I could remember who it was. They said, if there was no Westberg, if there was no Holiday, if there was no, then Ortiz and Norby would be more valuable. They wouldn't change what they are as prospects. It wouldn't change what they are as players, but they'd be more valuable because it's the best that a team can do in a trade. Now, if a team makes a trade with you and they come away with Norby and Ortiz, they're going to feel like they, they didn't do as well. Right. Like Whereas, how are you going to trade with the team with the best farm team? Farm and, system, all you got yeah, was, yeah, and all you got was their, their, seventh their fifth or best guy. guy. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the tricky part that you're dealing with. Is That's the way they're going to talk about it in that city the next day. What, you got this team's eighth best prospect? Well, it doesn't tr- change how good they are, but if you were in a system that wasn't as good, they might be your second best prospect. And then it's easier to say, like, well, we got their second best prospect mm-hmm. in the trade. Them, right, yeah. yeah, look at how well we did. It's dumb, but it's a thing that you got to deal with. Uh, the Mayo point is well taken, right? Like, that ultimately, that in order to get a real deal done, if you're saying Colzer, Westberg, or Colzer, just make Colton Kowser one word. Kowser. Maybe we stick with Colzer. Colzer. Yeah, all right. Colzer. Just throw Cole Irvin in for the sake of it. Um, if it's Kowser, Westberg, you know, obviously Jackson Holiday is untouchable. That's we, I, we shouldn't have to say that, but let's just say it anyway. And Kerstad, if those guys are untouchable, and what you're trying to deal from is Ortiz, Norby, understandable, because those are the guys that are most blocked. His point is Mayo might not be fully blocked because Mayo might be your first baseman, but, you know, that's complicated too, right? Herstad's been playing first base. It's like yeah. Did you just say Herstad too? Did you do the same thing I just what did? did? I say? Yeah, Herstad. I think you just made Heston Herstad one word no. too. Oh. I think we both did it. It's Herstad, Heston. I understand. I know who you meant. It's just wild. I'm not. I'm not really even dunking on you as much as it's just funny that we both did it in the span of of 20 seconds. That Mayo might have to be the trump card if you're not going to trade from those top guys in order to get a legitimate return. In order to get a real top-of-the-rotation type of pitcher back, you might have no choice but to throw Mayo into that conversation as well. Now, that's a lot like to- in, in totality. And so you would rather just do like Mayo by himself, mm-hmm. but then you're left with the same problem, which is where are Norby and Ortiz going to play? So, you know, could you make it Mayo and Ortiz, hold on to Norby, and continue to have Norby play you know, other positions and see if you can't find a role for him moving forward. The other side of this is every time we talk about trading away prospects, it's what I talked about with Jeremy yesterday. I need to see your commitment. I will feel better about this. Every time we get rid of a Norby and a Mayo. Well, I I need to see that you're willing to spend the money. You need to extend a gunner. Right. What What I'm nervous about is you trade those guys away, you kind of go all in for one year, and then it's just one year. You don't, let's just say it's Corbin Burns. You don't sign Corbin Burns after that, and then you don't win the World Series next year. You still haven't spent any money, and now you are you have two fewer prospects with which to extend this window and to keep this thing moving along. 
whenever we talk about Bisayo, Bisayo seems like an ideal candidate for a trade, right? Like, Especially right now because of how well he's been hitting. He's recently. been killing it. He's been killing it. And so combine that with the fact that you've got a catcher, a, a guy that you think is your guy, Bisayo seems obvious as a trade candidate. Somebody would make the argument, like, hey, in a perfect world, maybe they're both here and they can alternate DH and catching. And you got two all-star catchers. Right? Like, that's a pretty cool <laughs> thing. It just never works out that way. So Bisayo seems like the obvious candidate. The problem being, Bisayo is still 19, right? He, I, th- I think he's 18, actually. He's still 18? I, I thought he had turned yeah, 19. I, I thought he had turned 19. 19. I mean, he, he might have, but last time the, I The point is, he's a teenager. Adley Rutschman's well into his 20s. If you're never going to sign Adley Rutschman and you're just going to move on from him after five years, then Bisayo would be here at a, a age even younger than Adley Rutschman was. So I need to know, before you think about Bisayo as a trade candidate, that you're committed to Adley Rutschman, which that price tag, even when he's you know, he struggled a little bit of late. He had a one for 19, I guess, before yesterday. Yeah, correct. But. Like, even when he struggles, the price tag ain't going down anytime mm. soon. So are you committed to Adley Rutschman? Because if you're not, then I I would be less inclined to trade away Bisayo. It's part of the issue of not knowing what their financial commitment is at this point. He'll like, be 19 in August. You're right. He's still 18. So that means that like in a, in a reasonable trajectory, he's here when he's 21. Probably. But, I mean, yeah. 22 yeah. at the Catchers, some, you know, and again, when, when you when you push forward three to four years, now you're getting to about the time where you would either you probably have to start thinking about trading away. Adley. Either you better be winning a World Man. Series, or you got to be. Tra- Dude, I don't want to talk about yeah. it, but that's the but reality I, it of is, the circumstances. It is. It is exactly where we are with so this organization. My Listen. point is, like, if we, if we want to talk about Basayo, let's talk about Basayo. I think he could be very valuable as a trade chip, but. Are you going to keep Adley Rutschman around? Because if you're not, I hate that, but it also means I don't think I want you to trade away Bisayo. I don't think you, you should be trading away Bisayo. Yeah. So you're much more inclined to... I haven't heard you mention any outfield guys. You you don't want to touch I mean, them? If you want to trade away Judd Fabian... Or like, like Beavers I'm, or I, yeah, I'm not. But I just don't think those guys have the same value. I think that yeah, you can... I think they're maybe a sweetener, you know? That's what I think... What, what, what Jonathan Mayo brought up when he said, if you're looking for a rental, you can trade from your depth. Yeah, like if, Max Wagner and if, those guys. If you're looking to trade for you know a rental, mm-hmm. a, a Stroman this year, you're trying to trade from Judd Fabian, Hudson Haskin... You know, Beavers, that group of players is what you're trying to trade from in order to get your rental piece. I'm still not really comfortable yet on the idea of a rental, but as I said, like it's a sliding scale. If if you're not giving up a ton, I'll live with it. And I like those guys, but none of them I feel strongly about. So if it was that group of guys that we're talking about, I would probably live with the idea of trading that away and then hoping that they'd be willing to try to sign Marcus Stroman after that point. But this goes back to the first part of the conversation. We don't know. What is the financial <laughs> commitment? And I have no clue. Fun, but the Orioles have won three in a row, and that's yeah, the part yeah. that matters. I know. It's like... That's the part that matters at this point. Hey, uh, hour number one of today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, we will um, talk more about all of this with Keith Law in just a few minutes. From The Athletic, Keith Law wrote about Jordan Westberg. We will check in with him 
as we continue along here on a Tuesday edition of GCR. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's our Independence Weekend celebration starting on Friday the 30th with our Pride Night. A special ticket package gets you a Bay Sox rainbow hat. And then July 1st through 3rd, major fireworks shows each and every night with a special jersey auction on sale. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, O's fans, cheer on the Orioles against the Minnesota Twins at 7.05 on Friday, June 30th at Camden Yards. Be one of the first 20,000 fans, 21 and over, to receive an Orioles floppy hat presented by Miller Lite and enjoy a fun-filled floppy Friday at the yard. Don't miss out on one of your favorite giveaways and stay post-game for the Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite with DJ Diesel, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal. Purchase your tickets today at orioles.com slash tickets. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Carson, you want to tease what today's hack is? Yeah, sure. So, um... If it's the summertime and have you ever like left a soda bottle or water bottle out and you want to drink it but it's too warm and you want to get get it cold really quickly? Yeah, I, if you're like about to go on a car ride or whatever. Okay, and like, all right. Well, if you wrap a water bottle or whatever in a wet paper towel and then put it in the freezer for ten minutes, it it becomes like ice cold. Yeah, like, that makes sense. Like that ice, ice cold. 
right, we'll talk about this more. I don't want to do it all right now, but okay. That just sort of sounds like common sense as much as a life hack. All right, I mean, right, it's, all right, all right, all right, we'll, we'll get it's to better it. than just put it in the fridge, we'll though. Get, you know? We'll, we'll like get most to people it. will just fridge we'll it. Get, we'll get to it. Um, I don't, I don't know what I'm. All right, anyway, anyway, we'll get to it. That's coming up. Carson's a hack uh, every Tuesday, except next Tuesday because we won't be here. Uh, we'll be uh, the parading or something like that. I don't know what I'm doing. Throwing with kids. Uh, pop things, things yeah, yeah, little pop things. I don't know if we're doing uh, sparklers. Spo- yeah, I don't know. If we're around. Doing, I don't know. You're, if we're in, a fr- you're in a frolic around the driveway. It depends on who we're, who we're hanging out with. We do have friends that would definitely have the kids do that. There's no question. I'm about a big that. sparkler guy. Yeah. I don't know if that's something you want to admit out loud. <laughs> I like I would just sparklers not. Sparklers are great, man. No, they're There's not. Yes, There's they are. Nothing are great me? about sparklers. They're cool. Are the best. They're sparklers. One in each hand. Yeah. It's safe. I'm not gonna lose a finger. Like now, if you try hard enough, you might. If I, I have a brain say, cell, so you I say won't. not. I wouldn't just go saying things you might end up regretting. <laughs> By the way, is it a thousand degrees in the studio today? Is it just? It, it it's pretty hot. Little, can uh, we find? Can you? Can I put you in, yeah, in charge of that? Carson? I mean, I can know you where tra- it is, so I can. Well, you've got to do the show. All right, you've got to. We got right. a guest coming up. <laughs> I'll in a find it. I'll, I'll can find we it. have Carson <laughs> handle that instead? What do you is want it on? Option? Like sixty something. I just want it to High not 60s. be this. All right. We don't have to go crazy, but this is nuts. Like I feel like I'm gonna sweat through this shirt. God, it feel. I felt that way yesterday too, and I didn't do anything about it. Today, it just feels like hell. Today, I feel. Today feels worse than you. God, it feels miserable today. I was like, what? And I was, I was very nervous that I was going to say that, and you guys are going to be like, uh, no, we're very comfortable. <laughs> what are, you're just, you're very, just sweating over there. We're very comfortable. Uh, what did we bet on the uh, LSU Florida game last night? By the way, what do you, you and I? What do you owe me? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I guess I just uh, there was at least a, the cap. At least it was close, though. Yeah, I know. At I, least it was, I was like, oh, just, perfect. Just eked it out. It sucks that the Orioles in a rain delay, but at least I yeah. can switch over and check out, uh, you know, a nice, nice college World Series game, and it yep. just was not a game. Not the case whatsoever. Um, also, as uh, didn't even get to see Skeens, they didn't even need him. Yeah, they definitely did not need him. him at Showed all. him going out to the bullpen, and right. everyone was like, "Oh, this is gonna be sick." He'll close out the game. And again, uh, who who is it that we figured out has the number two pick in the draft? Uh, the Nationals. The Nationals are probably very very yes. happy that it worked. Well, out I mean, way. unless he goes, I I think it's still kind of up in the air. I thought most Cruz. people thought it was pretty. Set I thought Cruz it was Cruz was as well, one. but I mean, all right. Right. Skeens could be pitching in the major leagues like next year. Like I mean, he's nuts. It's crazy. Uh, congratulations to LSU as they won the uh, College World Series last night. Again, very fu- like we were talking about with the Angels and Rockies this weekend, or the Orioles winning a series where they got outscored by nine. <laughs> Just uh, baseball is a funny sport, man. You lose a game by twenty runs, and then you turn around and you win the College World Series the next night. It is a weird, weird sport. As um, as was mentioned by Jonathan Mayo, uh, Jackson Holiday is indeed headed to the All Star Futures game. As is Heston Kerstad. Um, those are the only Orioles prospects, right, that were announced for the Futures game. Um, let me just make sure that I didn't miss anybody. And I always wonder, like, if they are cautious about making sure they're not adding anyone that could be on the major league roster before then. I was going to uh, say, maybe that's why Kowser's not on right. because they think he might get called up. I just wanted to... Yeah, I think it was just those two. That's what I thought. I thought yes. those are the only two Orioles that made the list. Um, and that's, again, I can understand the thought process of they don't want to put somebody... The Futures game is not supposed to be for big leaguers. They don't want to put somebody on the the Futures game roster and then tomorrow because then they won't have them for the game. The big league teams are not letting someone go participate. in. They're playing games that day. They've moved the Futures game to Saturday now, correct? It's no longer – it was always goofy that they did it on Sunday afternoon when, like, literally everyone was playing. 
everybody in baseball was playing on Sunday afternoon. July 8th, that's a Saturday. Yes. So yes. Now, and I get it. Everybody's playing on Saturday, too, but they will be more separated. Like, the, there'll be games from one to... There'll be some teams playing at night, so there'll be more room for fans of at least some teams to watch the Futures game. Whereas on... They don't play a Sunday night baseball game on the All-Star break, so everybody's playing in the afternoon on Sunday, and they were trying to play the Futures game yeah, at the, the same, exact same time. It was so bizarre. It was one of the most bizarre things they that existed. They do it at 9 a.m. last year? Or they, they tried to do a Peacock uh, thing, but wasn't last year's All-Star game... Wasn't on the... the no, this year it's on the West Coast. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, last. Uh, Where was last year? Was last year L.A.? Yeah, last, last year was, was L.A. Was so, like, LA. they were trying to do a so Peacock bit with it, but they had still had to start it at, like, you know, at, at, at one in at the 12, afternoon. Yeah, it was like. Yeah, because it was it was morning there, but it was still right up against all of the baseball games because it was on the West Coast. They're on the West Coast again this year. They're doing it on Saturday. What is it a Saturday night thing? I'm trying to find that. I don't know why this is so all hard to find. Right. All right. <laughs> This is also showing our wonderful preparation for this topic. We were all over it. Aye, aye, aye. Um, uh, the moral of the story being it's on Saturday this year because they, they're they doing the draft on Sunday night. It's at 7 o'clock, by the way. Right. 7 o'clock game. Go. I don't know what time the Orioles play that day. They're on the road. So, yeah, I'll tell you in two seconds, and then we'll talk to uh, Keith Law. Uh, Orioles, the day before the, the penultimate day, of the first half of the regular season. They are in Minnesota, and they play at 2 o'clock. So look at that. You could watch the uh, Orioles game, and then at night you could watch the Futures game. That would be quite pleasant. Pressbox is offering new sports bettors the best sign-up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com offers right now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of Maryland sportsbooks, so go right now to pressboxonline.com slash offers and sign up today. I know this man has been bullish about Jordan Westberg for some time. You, of course, read him at The Athletic. You've read his books. He is Keith Law, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Keith, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Sure. Thanks for having me. We were uh, goofing a little bit earlier in the show. We don't want to call it a Dustin Pedroia hat trick because it's we don't like giving praise to Dustin Pedroia here. But in his debut, <laughs> we see a hit, an RBI, a walk, and an absolute web gem. I mean, absurd play behind second base. Is this the story of what Jordan Westberg is capable of being? Like, We didn't even really see the power last night. We know that's come along, that he really is capable of being such a multi-tool player. That's probably an exaggeration. Okay. I mean, he does have power, and he is a multi-position guy who can absolutely handle second base or third base. And I think he can fill in at shortstop on a temporary basis, and that might give them some roster flexibility, which they sort of need. They have a little bit of a surplus in the infield right now. But I think that what he really does give them more than anything is a chance to add some power to a lineup that's a little light on power. If the Orioles have an offensive weakness right now, it's that there's not a lot of power in the lineup. And I think that his call-up, I kind of think his call-up was a bit overdue, mm-hmm. um, especially because they've clung to guys like Jorge Mateo and Ramon Urias way too long. But calling him up does give them a chance to tap into some of that power. And, and I expect there'll be some ups and downs. He's going to swing and miss a little bit more often, and that's just the trade-off you get. But it gives them a different look in the lineup. I think it changes the complexion of the lineup and changes how opposing teams will have to pitch to them. And, and that alone will be a big help. 
particularly because, like I said, they can have him, they can move him back and forth between second and third, and he can always stop at short for a few innings. If it's to, to your point, we saw him at second last night. They were facing a lefty last night. It, like in a perfect world, in a scenario where the Orioles just said, here is a position, it's your position for a little while. It, it, again, assume there's no Gunnar Henderson, there's no you know Jackson Holiday coming. What would that position be for Jordan Westberg? So I've seen him the most at third base, so I may be a little biased in that direction. I've also I've seen him at the other position. Third base, he looked great. Like, not Gunnar Henderson great. I mean, I think Gunnar Henderson could be Scott Rowland. We're if starting to see it. Third base and let him go. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I mean Gunnar Henderson is a – Gunnar Henderson, that's why he was my number two prospect in all of baseball this year. He is, he is on a different level. But in your hypothetical example, I think you just put Westberg at third base and sort of wind him up and let him go. And maybe the first couple of years, it's more like a 250 average, but you get into some of that power with a strikeout rate a little bit higher than what you want, but above average defense. And you hope, you know, two, three years down the line, he brings the contact rate up a little bit, the batting average comes up with it, and you get a couple of all-star seasons. So to the point, if, like, it looks like, because of what they have, second base is the spot that has the most availability if they are not, you know, hell-bent on, we paid $8 million to Adam Frazier, he's got to play a certain number of games. It seems like that's the yeah. spot that has the most availability. You still think he can be an above-average second baseman? I do. I do. I've seen enough of Westberg. I'm leaning more on the opinions of other folks, scouts, even some Orioles people who, in my experience, have tended to be pretty um, balanced in terms of, especially when talking about the defensive capabilities of their own players. I think that, in fact, I think they have tended to underrate Gunnar Henderson's defense at Interesting. Third, uh, which is not a criticism of them, but it's just I know people outside the organization who think this guy might be a top three or four defensive third baseman in all of baseball if they just let him play there wow. full time, uh, which is a tough, you know, that's, that's a whole separate digression, but it's a tough call because Gunnar Henderson can also play shortstop. And so where do you put, do you make him an above average shortstop or do you make him an elite defensive third baseman? Nice right. problem to have. Yes. But in Westberg's case, <laughs> As long as he doesn't, the only concern I have with putting some of these guys at second, and this is a little bit less so than it used to be, but the second basemen do get hurt a little bit more often because of the double play, and obviously you don't have the collisions you used to have. But that is a tougher turn. It is a tougher thing for, especially a larger player to do. And it, it would be, it is a minor consideration. It's not a reason to say we're never playing Westberg there. But in your hypothetical example, I'd say just stick him at third, and I think he'd be uh, better there than any of the other positions where he can potentially play. Keith Law is with us here on GCR after Jordan Westberg made his debut last night. Keith, let me try to pose it to you this way, because we all assume that the Orioles need to be in on trying to acquire a top-of-the-rotation pitcher, and it's easy for all (laughs) Orioles fans to say, well, trade Ortiz and Norby and do that, because those guys don't have – you know, there's a limit to the way that everybody values those guys. Is Jordan Westberg more valuable to the Orioles, or is he more valuable as the prize piece that you could use to acquire that pitcher that you need, knowing that you have some other internal options to handle a second base, you know, all of these other positions that we're talking about? So it, it's a great question, and I think ultimately it just depends on what you're getting. If you're really getting a top-of-the-rotation starter back, especially one where you've got some more control. than if it's more than a rental, maybe yep. you're getting a year plus of control. Yep. You, you put Westberg in that deal, and you accept that you're paying probably too much in terms of value. But there's a scarcity of those pitchers that don't become available 
very often in trades. They don't become available all that often in free agency. And the Orioles don't have anybody in their system who projects as that kind of starter. So at some point, they are going to have to overpay in terms of prospects, position player prospects, to go get that pitcher. I do wonder, and I don't know, like this, this isn't really my beat. I haven't talked to execs about this. But you mentioned Norby, who's probably an everyday player for a lot of clubs. Mm-hmm. Joey Ortiz, who's an everyday player, definitely an everyday player for a lot of clubs. Colton Towser, everyday player for probably a dozen clubs. And I'm talking about right now, not in the future, but could play every day on some teams right now. Could you package three or four of those guys together to go get that starter and not have to give up a Westberg or, or even one of the better prospects who's already in the big leagues? That's a lot of value to give up. Sure. And these guys truly are surplus to the Orioles. And I think that would both make the major league club much better and be a real validation of a drafting approach that the Orioles have taken a little heat for. They don't, they don't draft pitchers. Michael Elias just does not want to draft pitchers with high picks. And the few times that he's tried, it hasn't gone well. So I can't blame him. If he converts a bunch of this position player depth into major league starting pitching, that really helps push this club towards the playoffs then I do think it's a validation of this draft approach. It just feels like, you know, I, I bring up, I, and I'm using this as an example, I know he's had kind of a disappointing year, but Burns is the guy that I've used as the example of yeah. the pitcher yep. that you could go try to get. Now, he's at a, a plus mm-hmm. four ERA, but his whip is still pretty good this season. Like, I would have to dive more in. I don't watch every game to figure out exactly what's going on. But would that be, like, when you talk about a package like that, Calzer plus Norby plus Ortiz, is that too much at that point to be giving up for... I, 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 Keith, I'm. Sorry, I know I'm kind of rambling here. I am. I am no, also. I, I'm worried about. I agree not, with you. Okay, and then I worry about not seeing the flip side of it. Is we still don't know yet where the Orioles' commitment is financially, too, right? Like, I, I am right. worried about emptying out a farm system, and you haven't locked up Gunnar Henderson yet. You haven't locked up Adley Rutschman yet. Like even a. We were talking earlier about Samuel Basayo, the night the 18 year old catcher, and I'm like, yeah, he seems mm-hmm. like an ideal candidate to trade, but. If you're not committed to signing Adley Rutschman, then you might need a catcher in four years. So I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm confused, and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of struggling with what the right approach is because of it. It's... Well, at some point, I, I agree with you philosophically, right? You're going to overpay for one of these starters. If you're going to trade for a starter, and I think they have to. I think that that, that is the culmination of this entire approach to building, building the roster, building the organization. It is, it ha- that none of this works if it does not end with, and we trade our position player prospects surplus for pitching. Mm-hmm. They tried that a little bit with Cole Irvin. I did not like the deal. Uh, Daryl Harnay is actually having a great year for Oakland and AA, and Irvin's obviously been a disappointment. But I was fine with the idea. Harnay's was never going to play a game for the Orioles. It was yep. a positive. He was blocked eight ways to Sunday. Great. Trade that guy for pitching. They have other guys who are maybe less blocked, but pretty blocked. You trade those guys to go get pitching and get pitching that's going to keep that you're going to have for more than just a rental you can't clutch those prospects right the we the the phrase used to hear is prospect huggers mm-hmm. fans who do, and and sometimes executives who just never wanted to trade any prospect these guys are all good i'm not saying a bad word about ortiz or or norby or basayo any of these guys it's nothing against them it's just that the orioles have this surplus and maybe trading three or four of those guys for Corbin Burns is a little too much. You've got to find, you've got to strike the right balance, but you will have to accept you're going to give up what feels like too much because that's just the price to acquire pitching. And it is the choice that the Orioles have made 
by not trying to draft and develop their own pitching internally. That's fair. No, that's a very fair way of pointing. Like it's almost like a tax that you have to pay because of that. It's... Yes. Yes, that's, no. I, that's a good way to put it, right? This is what happens. The market, it, there's scarcity in the market. It is, uh, baseball is not really a truly free market, but sometimes it, it kind of acts like one. Yeah. And there is such scarcity of high-end pitching. You can always get back-end pitching. High-end starting pitching is expensive. You will have to give up too much. I happen to think Joey Ortiz is the kind of player where if someone just gives him 500 at-bats, he's going to make an all-star team or two at some point. Yeah. He's such a good defender and become a much better hitter. How does this guy ever get playing time with oh, the Orioles? No doubt. It's just impossible to see. Yeah, it would it would take something catastrophic, right? Like it would take obviously. Right, we don't want to talk about that. Correct. Is is <laughs> Keith just for the fun of it? Would that package that we talked about would that be the right package to try to use to go get? I know the White Sox say they're not going to do it, but that would that be the right package to try to go get a Dylan Cease and say, you know, maybe maybe a guy with just one more year of control, it's not worth. But if you can get somebody with two more years of control, it is mm-hmm. it's genuinely worth giving up that much for. Yes. I mean, I would have to think the White Sox do that deal. The White Sox are that. that yeah, they're a mess. They are, from right. a baseball perspective, they're a mess, yeah. right? They're they not close to contending. We all know they're going to trade Giolito. They're going to have to, they really need to look at trading some other pieces because the farm system is really not in good shape. And it's a co- whole combination of factors from questionable drafts to just some bad luck, too. But it is they are so far away from contention at this point that they really do need to try to find a way to restock and trading ceases. He might be the best option that they have for doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially doing so fairly quickly. Cause as much as look, Giolito is going to be one of the best players available on the trade market. He's a rental. You're not going to get a ton back for him. They'll get something. They right. should get something. I guess they shouldn't say they will, but it's two, three months. You're getting 10 starts plus the playoffs you're not going to get a three or four prospect package, but you could for Cease. Yep. And again, I know he hasn't been quite as good this year, but, you know, I don't know. There's 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 only so many of those guys out there, right? Like, right. Yeah. Well, you got, you're, yeah. You're limited. You have to look at losing teams, right? Teams that are in contention yep. are not – they might still make a trade, but they're much, much less motivated, right? And if you look at the, I don't know, eight to ten teams who are pretty clearly not going to the playoffs this year, how many of them have above average or better starters? Not many, because, and that's why they are not going to the playoffs yep, this yep, year. Yep, yep. Um, let me pose it to you this way. We accept that, obviously, the guys, you know, Gunner and Adley, of course, are untouchable, right? And Jackson yeah, Holiday is, is obviously untouchable. Is there yep, anyone else Is there anyone else that you would put into that category of no way I would include them in a trade? They have to be a part of this thing in Baltimore? I don't think so. Okay. I can understand that, right? Like I, I think somebody would argue for for Colton Kowser, but if if you're committed to Cedric Mullins for a little while, I, I get that we all think that his arm is a bit of an issue. But my God, the range is so crazy. Why are you in a rush to move him out of the center field spot? It's... Oh, did we lose Keith? I just thought he'd given a short answer. I guess we lost Keith. It's all right. If we get him back, it'd be great. If not, you know, life will go on. And he's been uh, wonderful with his time for us. So I appreciate that. I don't know what happened there. The Keith Law from the Athletic, who was with us this morning is we were uh, chatting uh, with him after Jordan Westberg made his debut last night. And I, I understand the argument that he's making, that there's no one else um, that you would say there's no way you put them in a trade. I I have kind of moved Kowser into that category myself just because I don't – the center field thing is so valuable to me, and I'll pose that. We'll, we'll wrap up with Keith that way. Um, as Keith Law from The Athletic has been with us this morning – 
Keith, what, the only the guy that I was going to try to make an argument for, I, I guess, I, I like, I, boy, I know Cedric Mullins' arm is not great, but the range is nuts, and he does everything so well. I think the Orioles should be committed to Mullins for a little while. I would have thought that you could make an argument for Kowser being untouchable because of center field, but I guess if Mullins is going to be here, then even Kowser probably shouldn't be untouchable, right? I don't think Kowser should be untouchable. I also, he, he's not, I don't think he's a long-term center fielder. Okay. And I still have the same, I think you and I maybe even talked about this last year. Uh, I still have real questions about his ability to hit left-handed pitching. Right, he right. may get there in time, right. but so far that, you know, he's really not made those adjustments that you want to see in AAA. And again, I'm not rushing him out the door. He is not a, you know, he is still a prospect. He still has real major league value. You just consider him. You see, right? If it's, hey, if someone says, we'll give you two, three months at Toledo for Colton Kowser, you might say yes, you might say no. You mm-hmm. consider it. Now, if they want Kowser and Ortiz at Norby for two months at Toledo, yeah, no you chance. say, right. go pound sand. Right, we're not doing that. Right. It is all about what are you getting in return and, and, how much it helps you in the short term, how much it helps you in the long term, if you have them in the long term. And and then are you willing to accept the fact that you're just, like I said, you're going to overpay for pitching? The Orioles are in a great situation because they don't have to trade for any, to me, any position players anywhere. The lineup is set when you also consider what's in AAA and likely to help them. It is just about boosting the pitching staff. That's a pretty good position to be in. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Keith, what all can I plug for you, sir? So well, it is draft season, of yep. course, and I mean, I feel like it's the first time in a while we don't have to talk about the it's, Orioles draft because we can talk about is, the big league club. But wild. I will have, I'll have another mock draft up Thursday of this week, and uh, then we'll do one more right before the actual draft. The draft is Sunday, July ninth. Uh, um, futures game is the eighth, I believe, and draft is the ninth. So between now and then, I'll have two more mock drafts, an updated ranking of the top 100, and I will be out in Seattle at the futures game. Cool. I'll write up what I see there. I'll see Jackson Holiday again. That will be the fourth time this year I'll get to see him, but I, I don't mind because he's really good. Yeah, he is. He's okay. He's decent. Let me let me if I could real quick, just because of the draft is mm-hmm. is there a pitcher, a college pitcher that could be in the conversation at 17? I, everybody I've talked to so far has told me they don't think so. Is there at all? Because it just feels like that would be the most logical thing for the Orioles to be doing at this point. It's, it is, it's, a, it's a philosophical thing. Everyone thinks the Orioles are taking a position player. And I mean, like other clubs, scouts yeah. with other teams, they all keep saying, no, just they're going to take a bat. And they might take a high school bat. They've had good success with those guys. There's a couple of really young guys who we know they really like. Um, Arjun Nimmel is a 17-year-old shortstop in Florida who I, I like quite a bit. I think he would be a great, that great value at that pick. To answer your question, there are pitchers, college pitchers, who will be available at that pick at 17 who would be good value. Okay. Right? Hurston Waldrop we just saw for Florida. Mm-hmm. He might be there at that pick. He might go slightly ahead, but he's going to be somewhere in that range. Chase Dollander for Tennessee was going to be a top-five pick. Has had a disappointing year, changed the grip on his slider, kind of went backwards. Maybe you take that guy, fix the grip, and you get the player he was as a sophomore. He could be there somewhere around that pick. So those players will be there. I just – don't get any sense at all that the Orioles are willing to go that direction. It's wild. They are not wavering. They're going to keep doing it. All right, Keith Law, at Keith Law on Twitter. Always appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. Yep, my pleasure. It's Keith Law from The Athletic with us here on GCR. I always say whenever we, like, joke about the idea that Matt Shaw could be the guy, we're like, no, they couldn't. They're not going to take another infielder, right? Whereas the Orioles might just be LOLing the entire time, like, no, we'll just keep taking the best bat that we can get. With that pick. You can laugh about it all you want. That's what we're going to do. That's the way the philosophy is going to work. But to Keith Law's point, 
and and I've I brought this up with the idea of it being a tax, right? Like that philosophy can work, and right now it's showing it's working. These guys are all panning out. Every early pick the Orioles have made, every single one of these position players, we all feel strongly about right now. We had the scare with Heston Kerstad, but that has worked out swimmingly. He looks like a legitimate middle-of-the-order bat for years to come. Two of them were number one overall picks, so they were obvious. But even when they took Kerstad at number two, they got criticized for taking Kerstad at two. And yet, it's worked out great. Colton Kowser, there was some thought that maybe that was not the appropriate pick to make. Gunnar Henderson wasn't even, you know, at the top of the draft. He was much later in the draft. It's worked out great. Taking bats early has been a very sound strategy for the Baltimore Orioles. So now I say, but isn't it time to finally do something different? Isn't it time to now say, hey, we could use a pitcher that's a little bit closer to line up? And they say, no, the strategy works. We're going to keep doing it. But to Keith Law's point, in order to make it all come together, you're going to have to pay the tax. You're going to have to give up more to go get that pitcher. The good news is you appear to have more from which to trade. I don't know why. I would have to dive in more on what's going on with Dylan Cease this season. You know, I, both of those. Both. I mean, he had a great start last night. No walks. Yeah, uh, I 10 did strikeouts. See that. I did I mean, see that. One run allowed against but, the but Angels, he's a, who put up 30 he, runs the other day. But he's but a plus four ERA guy yeah. this season. Like, I don't know what the story is. That's not top of the rotation, give up the, the big haul to get him. Because that scenario that he put together where you say, hey, if you do trade, you know, Kowser and Ortiz and Norby, that's a big package that might be able to get you a – a Dylan Cease type. Well, that sounds good, but I got to know that I'm getting Dylan Cease, not whatever's been going on for the first couple of months with Dylan Cease this season. And if you said to me, like, hey, it's been two really bad starts that have destroyed the numbers, well, then we could maybe talk through that a little bit more. I just haven't paid that much attention to Dylan Cease start by start. Looks like he's just, I mean, this, I guess, could be expected, but uh, he is in the ninth percentile in hard hit percentage for starting pitchers. So... There are a lot of barrels I mean, against him. I mean, just Ty- Tyler Wells is probably in that category too, right? Seventy. I mean, ninety fourth percentile for fastball spin, seventy sixth per, uh, percentile in whip percentage. Like he's getting a lot of swing and misses, but the barrel percentage forty four, so he's right in the middle. It just looks like when he, it's like yeah, like you uh, said, like Tyler Wells, Wells like is a when he when he Wells, gets hit, it Wells, gets isn't, Wells is in the twelfth percent, so he's slightly better, yeah. <laughs> but not a whole lot better. And and I guess the point be that the Orioles might say to that, okay, we're good with it. Who was it that we were talking about? This? It was Arm Brewster, right? That we were talking about this with a couple right, weeks ago. Right, he was good last time out. He let's, was good. Let's let's just talk. Let's look. We're going to give up some home runs. That's going to happen. We'll live with it. Soft contact. That's what we're looking for. So maybe the Orioles look at Cease and those numbers and say that's perfect for what we're trying to do. Like if that's if that's already what he's doing. We can we can harness that a little bit better. We'll live with the fact. I I don't love it, and you start getting nervous about Tyler Wells because you see a start like last Thursday, and you're like, sometimes yeah. you're playing with fire, right? Because if you're like, walking guys, and then you give up that hard hit ball, well, you, it has to be that you are not walking anybody in order sure. for that to be. You can't walk right. anyone at Which all. Which is what Cease was last yet. year. Yeah. Last year, Cease was walking like no one. He's Correct. already halfway to where he was last year. That's far more concerning. Mm-hmm. Yep, but he didn't have any walks far, last night. I mean, far more. But, 
I'm not I'm not telling you I'm not interested yeah, in Dylan yeah. Cease, but you're gonna have to pay a lot. If, if it's gonna be a three, you know, three guy, three top guys. You gotta pay a legitimate price for Dylan Cease, and at the moment, he's not pitching like that guy. So you'd be kind of betting on him being closer to the guy that you saw a year. And he'd also be trading for the name. Yeah, in a way. Versus 100%. just 100%. You know, when you look at the actual stats, you might find yep. that Lance Lynn is not too much different or something like that. <sighs> Lance Lynn doesn't Yeah. Uh, uh disappointing came in yards too, maybe that helps. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think I'd I don't Yeah. Uh Bird for Life uh thinks that it's a Roberto Alomar hat trick. Player has to be worthy of naming something after. He's in the Hall of Fame, he's ten time gold glover. Not a power hitter. That's true. I mean, he had a little bit of pop, but he was not true. a known power hitter. Um, and and he points out that with Alomar you might need a stolen base, but Alomar like that's the funny thing. Alomar was capable of getting you stolen bases, but his game wasn't predicated on stolen bases as much as it was that he was good on the base paths. Might be onto something. Alomar was just so absurd. There's two, there's two problems with Alomar. One, he was so absurd defensively that like one web gem almost isn't enough to make it a Roberto Alomar hat trick. And a Roberto Alomar hat trick from baseball standpoint almost has to involve like three ridiculous defensive plays because Alomar is maybe the greatest defensive player I ever saw at second base. Um, but then the other troubling part is, didn't we find out a couple years ago that Roberto Alomar isn't a good guy? Didn't Wasn't, wasn't there a... I think uh, you may be right there. Like, I, um, I, I think that's the... Because I'm telling you, Roberto Alomar was my absolute favorite. Like, I was obsessed with Roberto Alomar. I was so mad when they didn't put Roberto Alomar in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot that I like, I, I said something stupid then, like, I won't watch baseball for the re- And I, I think it was a year the Orioles were really bad, so it was actually easy for me to say that. Um, but I was furious when they didn't put Roberto Alomar in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot because he was the best baseball player that I got to watch as an Oriole in, in his prime. Like, I, you know, I was watching Cal Ripken, but I was eight when Cal Ripken had his 91 MVP season. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I was still very young at that point. Roberto Alomar was when I was 13 years old, and it was just the most insane thing I'd ever seen. I, I couldn't believe that was a baseball player. But I'm pretty sure that we found out. That, did you look that yeah, up? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's a lot of murky stuff. Um, Not, like, anything that he's, like, ever done I guess legally wrong, but like you know, just like infidelity and oh, infidelity. I thought there was an abuse allegation. I I'm not seeing that at least on his Wikipedia page. Um, uh, okay, all right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, just kind of like some all right. some all right. All you right. know alimony. Uh, well, that I'm not. Yeah, that and, that would yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't look. It's not not trying to say it's cool, <laughs> but like oh, dude, everybody does that. No, I'm not trying to say it's a good thing, but I wouldn't cancel someone over right, that. Right. Whereas. You know, I'm totally okay with canceling over, like, abuse allegations. There is an allegation of misconduct uh, against an 18-year-old woman. That's not, mm. that's not ideal, yeah, not but it pressed his body against hers without consent, propositioned her for sex when she was 18 years old. That's not great. It's not. There's no way of getting around it. But she, one, was an adult, and two... It, Still not great. It's I, not great. So I keep coming we'll, we'll keep searching. It's not great, but I don't know that it's but. enough that I would say we can't make it Roberto Alomar. I hate the, I hate the world that we live in these days. I hate this. We come back in. Carson's a hack. He's going to tell us that if you put something in the freezer, it helps keep it cold. Well, I, I'll i show. We're going to use a scientific method today. I'll show. Oh, hell yeah. Sure. <laughs> I got breaking news. You want something to be cold? The freezer is the way to do it. 
It's a hell of an idea you got there. Let's see where it goes. Ingenious. Hold up. Let him cook. <laughs> Carson's a hack next. Clank Clark Radio. Hey, O's fans. The Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite continues at Oreo Park at Camden Yards on Friday, June 30th with DJ Diesel, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal. After the Orioles take on the Minnesota Twins at 7.05, stay postgame to watch DJ Diesel live from the infield. The concert is open to all fans who attend the game, with the option to ask special on-field access for just $35. You can get up close and experience the biggest DJ in the world, live at Camden Yards. Get your tickets at Orioles.com music. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now at Arundel Mills. Must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's our Independence Weekend celebration starting on Friday the 30th with our Pride Night. A special ticket package gets you a Bay Sox rainbow hat. And then July 1st through 3rd, major fireworks shows each and every night with a special jersey auction on sale. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge. 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR. It is that time. Carson is a hack. Carson's a hack is brought to you 
by the print issue of PressBox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at those hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Very special issue for us celebrating the life and legacy of Tony Siragusa, who we lost one year ago, with a great cover story from Dave Ginsburg about how Goose's family is working to keep his legacy alive. Encourage you to go pick it up. If I were you, maybe go get it quickly, because I hear this one has been flying off of stands. Um, so go get it right now, the print issue of PressBox. You can, as always, read it at PressBoxOnline.com. So Carson, uh, you know, we said sometimes things I don't find to be like actual life hacks. I'm like, oh, I have an, I have an image imaging. Do you want to? Oh, you got yeah. imaging for yeah. this. Oh, what yeah. a day. I love this. He's a hack, man. Yeah, he's hacking life. It's Carson is a hack. Is a hack. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. That's not bad. I feel like it summarizes, you know. It's not bad. What the segment is. Not bad. So sometimes, like, we talk about something. Like, I'm not really sure that's a life hack as much as it's just a different way you could do something. Sometimes it seems like it's more work. Like the thing with the shirts. I was like, what the hell? Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, not a, that's not a hack. It's, it's doing extra work. So Carson's like, all right, I'm going to come up with a life hack. I got Here's what I got for you. All right. If you want to get wet... Jump in the shower. Oh, it's like that works. Well, wait a second. That's that's how you get wet. <laughs> I am so confused by what you're telling us here. How this is okay. a hack? So I've that got you want something to be cold. You put it in the freezer. Right, but yeah. if you only have, say, you've got like a short amount of time, so right? Confused. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. If you want it to get cold faster, paint, paint the picture. So, all right, <laughs> paint it. I got this bottle of water. This thing's like room temperature. Yes. I don't like. Who likes drinking room temperature drinks? No, like a, in the summer, you certainly you're outside. Nobody. You want a nice cold water. And I've got this case of water sitting on my floor in my kitchen or on the counter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh shoot. What I would do is I would put some of them in the fridge refrigerator. Well, there's, there's my life hack. What if I what if I forgot? Right? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, shoot. I gotta leave in ten minutes. So this is a life hack for idiots, is what you're saying. Of, oh, I'm, yeah. Now I'm good with that. that Glenn, the last one was Oreos. That, that's, I'm, that, that's for now, guys that sit on the dis- couch and disagree. eat a bunch I'm of push Oreos. Back about them being idiots, though. I think all people enjoy Oreos. Uh, but I yeah, mean, anyway, go ahead, keep going. So if you take so this thing's room temp, I'm going to take this one, put it in the freezer for ten minutes. Okay. I'm going to take this one, wrap it in a wet paper towel, and put it in the freezer for ten minutes. This one's going to come out much colder than this one. So it's a way to cool a drink faster. It also works with... But they're not going to freeze because nope. it's only 10 minutes. Only like 10 minutes. So it's like... Uh, or see, on the way out the door... It could work on a beer, too. Like, say you buy, like if uh, you're buying a case, a warm case of beer, and you're like, dang, like I gotta, uh, we got to leave and go see, to the... this is where really late or whatever. Like, road soda. Let's, let's wrap these things up in, <laughs> yeah. you know... Uh, if you wrap them in paper towel, wet paper towels, they cool off faster so you can get out to the yard or play cornhole or whatever. Or, yeah, soda, like... Here's what I'm skeptical on. A it's few. a quick cool. Here's what my skepticism is. My skepticism is that the one that's been in the freezer for 10 minutes won't be plenty cold without the towel. I'm skeptical that you need the towel. Like, and again, <laughs> okay, that's, that's and again, fair. 10 minutes. If you're on the way out the door, who has 10 minutes? Well, what if you need? We're creating a cool really quickly. specific circumstance by which this is necessary. So you're, or gonna, if I'm like, okay, so you're, do you have your, the towel? The right towels in? are in there. The towels are in there. Yeah. So you're, we're just trusting 
that you're not manipulating these in any way. I was going to bring them back in. Well, after. Show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, after. I was going to like show like this is what it looks like with the towel on it. All right. Unless you don't want me just to no. water bottle wrap in a paper towel. Oh my God. Just, all right, go ahead. Come on. Let's move. Let's move. Let's, all right. Let's, what do you, I don't, I'm not feeling, he's not, he can't hear us now. He took his headphones off. Okay. <laughs> I can still hear you. No, he can't. He can't. He's dead to us You're now. not feeling it. I don't, what is this? The one with the little messed up wrapping is going to be the one that's. If, if it works. But, but, what is the circumstance by which? The beer thing. I think that's. A, yeah, I think I the think beer is But you have applicable. exactly 10 minutes. Before I you mean, leave like and you're looking for a road soda? Minutes, yeah, maybe. Yeah. First of all, we shouldn't be doing road sodas. I just had breakfast with our friend Corporal Robbie Wright this morning. Yeah, we're talking about Let's waters. make this abundantly clear. We're the, not encouraging road go, sodas. Go start the thing, Carson. But the yeah, beers yeah, is like, gotta, say, okay, say the crabs just got, got there. we got a guest to something. talk to in a few minutes. So like, we, this is actually going to be a problem. Should we have him wait and do it when we... Come back here, yeah, Carson. Come back, Carson. Come back. Come back. Come yeah, back. I fade his music out. We have a. I didn't, I didn't realize how complicated this would be. We have a guest scheduled to join us at eleven forty-five. Okay. So at eleven forty-three, I want you to do the do the thing. Awesome. And then you can go back and get them. Yeah, I'll set a little ten-minute timer. And all right. That's what I want you to do. Sweet. All right. I'm not. I really. This goes back to. I'm just. I thought this was actually going. This segment was going to improve our lives. There's I, I, no chance that these exact circumstances play out. Yeah, you don't have the, ice. You have to understand. The exact circumstances are you have to leave in exactly 10 minutes. You have a freezer, but don't have any waters that were in a fridge, and you have no ice that you could use and a water bottle in order to just put ice. Like, I'm trying to think of what. See, I'm not just blowing smoke here. Like, I've, I've legitimately found myself in this situation before. I. I <laughs> Like the last time, I would question other things about your. Ago. Why didn't you have a water bottle that you could take with you that you could put water? How much easier is it to just grab a water bottle, fill it with ice, then put your water in the water bottle? The Brita was empty. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the Brita was empty. Yeah, you could. That happens. You don't have a water maker on your fridge. You don't have a. I got a sink. You got a sink. I, I want a well. Man. Where the sink is right. well, You know, there's some questions about that. We're on a well, too. Mrs. Clark always is like, I don't care. I just drink out of the... I'm like, but you do that. I'll yeah. pass. I'm good over here. Although it's probably a better option than city water, honestly. I am so... St what disappoints me is I just think that the circumstances are so over... That even if this works... I, the beers, I th I would argue the beers is absolutely... Important. Yeah, this could... That, that would be important. Say us. you picked up crabs and a case of beer, and they didn't have any cold cases... Okay, so your argument is it's just a way to get the like you bring something home and you want to sure. get it cold you, quicker. You could also yeah. Now that's a better way of presenting it than the way that you did present it. Well, I didn't want to bring in a whole case of beer and like. Well, I understand, but like for pre <laughs> presentation purposes, it might have been better to start there because that's sure. actually I could. It's still flimsy, but it's not nothing. Like it's okay. not nothing to say. You you don't have any now again. I'm not sure who doesn't have any beer in their fridge at home that's picking up crabs, but let's just go with it, right? Okay. For whatever reason, you don't have any beer that's cold. You show up with a ca or you're going to someone's house where they don't regularly drink beer, and you're showing up with beer and crabs, and you say, "We want to get the beer colder quicker because we're going to pour the crabs out, and we want to have the beer with the crabs." That makes more sense. That's yeah. more logical to me. And I wish you would have brought in beer in order to show. Us I should have done that. that. I, I wish that would have been the case. That. But I will be willing to 
to listen to the art. Now, does it work no matter what? It does it have to be. Yeah, now, you brought in plastic. Does this work with aluminum? Does it, it works work with bottles with too? Yeah, glass, glass cans. Yeah. It is allegedly viable plastic. with all types of containers. And as far as I know, all kinds of drinks. Like it could be a juice, a soda, beer, a water, Capri Sun. Sure, yes. Give it a shot. Little hugs, little barrels, anything. Can I tell you, we went to the brewery <laughs> on Sunday. So we have a brewery right down the street from our house, but they don't pay us money, so I don't talk about them. It, okay. It's it's a lovely place. Um, the alcohol, the alcohol of, store. Lots yeah. of, yeah, it, but it's not a, it's not no, a it's store. Not a it's a brewery, it's a brewery, right? And there's lots of room, lots of uh, green grass for the kids to run and play. They can be like Mongo from There's Something About Mary. Was something, wh- I, I, Road Trip was the other movie that you didn't have on the list. When we were talking yeah, about other movies, yes, um, Road Trip. Was one that you we had yeah, made yeah. you watch because I, I went through and I did see yes. or one of them I couldn't find I am not sure when I did yeah Road Trip was definitely could, because yeah, we were talking I'm about, going through and trying to find my rankings for every movie I need you to do that okay. I need you to I get will, out, will, get that taken care of Have you watched Lebowski yet Not yet I'm Planning on watching Lebowski this yeah. week yeah. They're off on Thursday The Orioles are Yeah Do you have plans uh, on Thursday night I mean There's literally nothing else going on Yeah I guess there's nothing going there's on There's no, right, I assure I, you there's nothing going on I can try to. You can watch the U- the U.S. In. lacrosse team will probably be in the semifinals of the World Lacrosse Championships, and I would encourage you to watch that. But there's really nothing going on, so you watch Lebowski. All right. All right. All right. Yes, sir. I'll give you through. We're off Monday and Tuesday. I'll give you through Tuesday. <laughs> okay. All right? Actually, yes. Yeah, I should definitely through the weekend. I should definitely have. It Unless covered. we find out that on Friday we have no guests, in which case we need you to you watch. Need to. <laughs> oh, Stan will be here Friday. Never mind. We don't have to worry about that. Actually, I would prefer it in case I don't know if we have any guests lined up for tomorrow. So I need you to watch it tonight in case <laughs> in we case, have no guests tomorrow. In the whole yeah, story. I need you to always be prepared to do another. It, you either need to make sure that you're nailing it on guests or you need to be prepared for your next movie review. All, All right. right? All Got right. it? All right. Thank you. Makes sense. So how do we get here? How did, how did, um, I, go, how did I go from what I was talking about to what I oh, – we're, we're, yeah, we're at the brewery. Yeah. So the kids can run around, right? Um, and they have a food truck at the brewery, but it's just it doesn't change. It's not like they bring in other food trucks. It's like their permanent food truck that's there at the brewery. And the uh, the doofuses, two kids, we go up and we order our food, the and they see my my older son sees that they have Capri Suns in the the cool case, mm. and he says, "Well, I want to." I'm like, "That's fine. You can get yourself a Capri Sun." And he says, "Well, can I go get it right now?" I said, "No, no. You will get it when the food is ready." We'll order it now, but you will not take your Capri Sun until the food is ready. Because I have seen this game before. Down that Capri Sun. It is gone. I need Within another drink. Within three seconds, and all of a sudden, I got it. And by the way, the, the, you know, there's a little bit of a, because it's the only food drug there, there's a little bit of a markup on these things. I think I'm paying like two ninety nine for a Capri Sun. <laughs> You know, where it's like, it's worth ninety nine cents. I'm paying it's three. It's like bucks. it's like five sips, man. I correct. I'm paying like seventy five cents a sip. Yes. So I I know better. I say the hell you are. That ain't occurring. So, you know, he, he whines and complains and the whole thing. But dad ain't dad. You ain't bamboozling dad. It ain't my first rodeo. I've been to the brewery before. I've been I've had a few Capri Suns in my day. I know how this goes. So we go back up. We pick up the food. I said, go ahead and get your Capri Suns. But then the next thing I say is, but what you're not gonna do is suck down that Capri Sun right now, and then halfway through your pizza say, I'm thirsty again. The hell with any of that. That ain't happening. If I see you take more than a sip, I am smacking you upside your head. Oh, my goodness. That is, I'm not actually doing that. I was about to say that. not actually doing that. I want to make that abundantly clear. Didn't actually do that. But I'm I'm watching over him like a hawk because I am not getting suckered out of another $6 for two more Capri effing sons. That ain't, not on this watch. That ain't happening. 
I go throw the. I finish my food because the kids, of course, take forever. So I finished. Mm. I believe I had a a, a, bur- a bunless burger. Bunless burger. I had some uh, onion straws on it. It was tasty burger. So it made up for the bun, but it's they're like, oh, you don't want your bun? No worries. Here's a bunch of onion straws. You're getting the calories or the carbs anyway. Deal with it. So I throw away my trash, and I swear to God, in the two seconds that it took me to throw away my trash, Capri Suns are gone. Mm. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I stood up, as soon as I stood up, these doofuses were like, they're professionals. <laughs> they're professionals. They, they... I hate you. <laughs> hate you. God. Did you get another one for? No. Oh, right. I drew the line. Yeah. Glenn Clark put the foot said, down. Man. I said, "You're gonna eat that pizza." Putting the foot down. Oh, it's so, time. So then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and take the whatever the stupid thing we're doing. I said, "Now the trade-off was they asked me if they could put ketchup on their pizza." What? I wanted what? to. I just I mean, want to disown both of them. I want to sell them on the street corner. Just somebody give the. So so fi- did you say fix these children? No, because I was. If it was between ketchup, which is free. So you said, and Capri Suns. So I said, and did they eat the pizza with ketchup? Oh yeah, on and, and I'm like ashamed. It? Oh, they like anything with ketchup on it. They're six and eight. They're idiots. They don't understand how the world works. I got a brother-in-law who still puts ketchup on everything. It's I'm not. I'm, I love pizza, him. I, I love him, but I'm not proud of it. Like I'm not. When we when we're, I'm like God, Joe. God damn it. We had a salesperson at the old radio station that doesn't exist anymore. We would be out on like a real meeting with real clients, and we'd be at like a real place for for lunch, and he'd be like. Can I have the chicken fingers? And I just want to jump. My- How have you ever closed a deal? How has anyone ever said, I want to do business with that guy? Chicken fingers. And with some chicken fingers and tater tots. We're out at like Roots Chris. <laughs> well, he's, he's fi- making a financial decision. Maybe that's what that shows. No. No. I'm it not buying the $25 steak. It shows that he's six. I'll take the $10. Uh- that's what it shows. All right, uh, so he's doing that. We're going to talk. We're going to go out to uh, Frederick here for a second because there's a, a new name for the minor league baseball team in Frederick, and we're going to find out all about that here uh, before we wrap up on GCR, and then we're going to let Carson show us whether this... What? A bang. You heard a bang? Yeah, I don't know. what. Oh, maybe you dropped the water bottle. That's what Did something was. go wrong? I didn't hear any answer to my <laughs> question. That makes me nervous. Did something happen with Carson? <laughs> Is there an emergency on the way? I think it was. Oh, he's coming back. All right, he's coming back. Everything okay? We good? You know what I saw in the fridge was that thing of garlic from the window. We could probably. I think we could probably move on from that. (laughs) Might need it. The thing of mayonnaise might still be in there, for God's sakes. I think we can move on from all of those things. The exciting conclusion of Carson's hack to come. We learn learn whether or not he's one for two so far. So today we'll find out whether or not this one... Even if it's flimsy and we don't know that it will work frequently, we'll find out if it at least It's a works. big shot, though. I'm either 33% or 67 Yeah, there's a big difference between those two things. Both of them, by the way, good enough to get you in the Hall of Fame, though, as a baseball sure. player. So you got that going for you, which is nice. All right, so um, you guys, let me give a little bit of background. The Frederick Keys are still a baseball team. The Frederick Keys play in the MLB Draft League. And, of course, you remember the Frederick Keys, once upon a time, were an affiliated club. But then they became a draft league club. And then they added in Frederick a second baseball team and joined the Atlantic League. And to start the season, that team basically had no name. Now they have a name, and it is wild, Jack. Joining us now, he is the director of marketing for the Spire City Ghost Towns. He is Brandon McGee, and he's with us this morning here on GCR. Brandon, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. 
Yeah, thank you for having me on. All uh, right. Good morning to you. So uh, Spire City Ghost Towns. I need the entire story. It is... It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so this, this journey began in January with a uh, name, name the team promotion where we saw over 1,500 names submitted by our community and fans in the area. And then we moved to a fan vote uh, portion of that and got over 4,000 votes to kind of use as a uh, part of the criteria for coming up with a new team name. Um, so we had all five name finalists. We narrowed down to five. The vote was between Bone Shakers, Ghost Towns, Rail Frogs, Sawbones, and Screaming Alpacas. So uh, all great all great minor league team names. So I think we would have had a you know, I don't know. Unintended hit a home run with any of them. Oh, Brad, I got to be honest with you, though. Screaming Alpaca. I've got, I love Ghost Towns. I want that to be known. I, I love the name. But, God, yeah. it had to be a little bit difficult to not commit to Screaming Alpacas, right? Uh, it did. And see, there was a groundswell. It almost worked in our favor. I think there was a, a, a local contingency that was pushing for Screaming Alpacas. So it kind of became a distraction and allowed us to kind of, you know, not have to worry about the name getting out before the night because so point. many people thought it was doing screaming alpacas so i think that kind of helped us out and in our back pocket we have all those other alternative uh names for what if nights in the future so we can do the what if night promotion and oh, uh, I do what like if we that. were the uh the screaming alpacas so. so you think that could be there could be in the coming years a night where there is a frederick screaming alpacas on the baseball field oh ab- absolutely that was part of the whole naming process and literally down is that when we narrowed down to the final five within we kept in mind that okay what 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 kind of promotions would we want to run if oh, we reach cool. one of these teams? And then which teams would be great for what-if nights in the future? All right, so is Ghost Towns just silly, or is there some story? I, I You know, like some way yeah. that there's a connection. <laughs> there is a connection. So uh, Travis Tomlin, who actually submitted that name, his story was, uh, so Frederick has a lot of folklore and ghost and paranormal paranormal story ties. And uh, he found a legend of a blue or black hound that comes to uh, to roam Frederick and disappears as quickly as it's seen. Okay. So, um, and we kind of ran with that story, um, you know, having the, you know, our ballpark is very unique. Um, Nemeo Field at Harry Grove Stadium is right across the street from Mount Olivet Cemetery where Francis Scott Key is laid to rest. Yeah. Hence the name Frederick Keys. So we still got a tie with the other team. We're kind of thinking, how do we bring that tie together? And take it in a different direction. Okay. That's pretty cool, actually, now that I know that. That's a pretty cool way to do it. Brandon McGee, the uh, marketing director for the Spire City Ghost Towns, is uh, with us here on GCR. Uh, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I've been to Frederick plenty of times in my life. I did not know Spire City was a thing. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So during the naming process, you know, uh, there's many things synonymous with Frederick, but uh, none more so than the cost of Spires you know, made famous in the Barber Fertry poem by uh, John uh, Greenleaf Whittier. So that those lines of, you know, that poem open up with setting the scene of what downtown Frederick is, and it's a bunch of cluster spires from different churches. So a lot of people submitted the name Frederick Spires. You know, obviously cluster spires already exist. The spires exist in a lot of forms. So uh, we kind of took a play on words, you know, we're known as the city of cluster spires. So we kind of took it one step fur- further and made it Spire City. Uh, kind of pay homage to that, you know, cluster spire history of the downtown skyline and the and the groundswell of people that think thought the team should be named Frederick Spires. That's nice. I love that. That's that's great, man. That's well well done. Was the goal of this that you wanted? You guys wanted it to be kind of like. Was there ever a world in which you would have been like, 
we could be the Frederick Bears. Or was the purpose of this, like, we need it to be something that gets everybody talking? Because, you know, you are still trying to introduce the league, the concept of the community, and so you wanted it to be a conversation starter. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, with most rebrands or name promotions in minor league baseball, I think when you're at the point you're doing that, you're trying to come up with a name that's so unique that gets people to talk about it. And I think the big surprise we kept in our back pocket is, you know, no one ever asked us through the whole process. Is it going to be Frederick Ghost Hounds, yeah. Frederick Bones, you know, Sawbones, Frederick Bone Shakers. So I think the, the, there was kind of two surprises. First, the Ghost Hounds, which is a great name. The color scheme is great. It's dark teal, light teal, metallic copper and black. And then we, on top of it, had the second surprise of the Spire City because people in Frederick know about Cluster Spires, but a lot of people don't you know that spider city thing just has such a ring to it and such a you know tonality and kind of it, it fits the brand exactly the way we wanted to so i think the two surprises it definitely is a buzz people are talking about it we, we're getting lots of media attention lots of uh activity on social media from all the fans who were engaged in the process and feedback from fans who were not engaged in the process so it's been great overall that's awesome man that's awesome so for people that don't know about the team about the league um, I, I we mentioned that you know I was on the on the radio show a couple weeks ago at Jimmy Parades on like there there are some known names. Yeah. T- tell everybody about the team yeah. and being a part yeah, of the so Atlantic the, League. Yeah, the Atlantic League is now celebrating its 25th anniversary. Um, so it's been around for a long time. It is Major League Baseball's first partnership league. So a lot of these new rules, the large bases, the pitch clock, yeah, a lot of that stuff is being was piloted in the Atlantic League as part of their partnership with Major League Baseball. So we uh, partnership with them to kind of help them with rule development. But then the beauty of it is the Atlantic League is a second chance league. So we have a lot of guys who have played Major League Baseball. Um, you know, Starlin Castro, who was the four-time All-Stars on our team. Yep. We have Jimmy Praise who played with the Orioles. We have Rowdy Reed, who was on the World Series team with the Nationals. Um, you know, we have such great names and great players. And the level of baseball is beyond any level we've had in Frederick. So it's probably like double A and a half, if I had to say on that, you know, A, double A, triple A where it is. So the excitement, the level of baseball is just phenomenal. We were lucky enough Saturday night to see that magic come to fruition on uh, the second game. We were down, you know, six runs going into the ninth, and we had a seven-run comeback and walked off and in the new uniforms and got our first victory as the Aspire City goes down. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. And, again, you bring that up. It's not just the guys that are on your own team, but playing against other, right. their other like known baseball players that are coming through Frederick throughout the course of the summer. Oh, absolutely. Earlier this year, um, it was a uh, we, we sat in Island Ferry Hawks had uh, Daniel Murphy on their team. Yeah. So, there you go. Before he right. signed a, a minor league deal. So, I mean, there are names in this league, lots of guys that have, uh, you know, we have uh, a guy on the IR right now, David Esnevarakis. He was the first Lithuanian to play in the major league base, major league, uh, you know, with the That's best cool. pirates. So he's here. So it's a great story. There's lots of guys. A lot of these guys have played Triple A, Double A. Um, so they're established ballplayers that are just trying. You know, it's a second chance league. So they're trying to get back with an affiliated team and either on a minor league contract or a major league contract. It's dope. All right. So the important parts. One, I need you to get, tell me what the new website is, but also more importantly, um, I'm gonna need some gear. So where are we going to get our gear right now? Yeah. So our website is goghosthounds.com. Okay. And right up top on the navigation bar, there's a link to our shop. Yep. You can get your great, sharp-looking teal jersey if you want it, your hat, your shirts. Ooh, um, that that, t- that T-shirt with the state, uh, like the, the, the state yeah, that behind is, it, that's, that a, that's nice. a really nice T-shirt. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. I am digging that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to get some gear. This is too good. This is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I think so Saturday night we had a great line of people lined up to get merchandise and our, our staff was lined up as well. You know, it's such a great logo and such a great color scheme that I think it's, it's definitely, it, I was, you know, in the, out in the community the other day and I was wearing the gear and people were like, Spire City, Ghost Towns, what's that? I'm like, it's the baseball team in town. I'm like that logo is really awesome. That's awesome, man. That is tremendous. All right. Um, now, the socials. Where can everybody be following you guys? Yeah. So, right now, um, at, uh, so if you go, go Ghost Hounds on Instagram, Facebook, you'll find us, Twitter. And then um, we're working on our TikTok as well. It should also be Go Ghost Hounds. So, Go Ghost Hounds, or if you just look for Ghost Hounds, you should be able to find Awesome. Us. Yeah. I know on Twitter for sure it's Go Ghost Hounds. So, Make yeah, sure go you... go sounds on Twitter and Facebook for sure. Yep. Excellent. Uh Brandon, it's very cool. Congratulations, man. It's a very, very oh, cool you. concept. Uh looking forward to getting out there and seeing you guys. Appreciate you taking a couple of minutes. We'll be in touch. All right. It's... Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's Brandon McGee, the uh, director of marketing for the Spire City Ghost Towns, um, which are part of the Atlantic League. And the gear is it looks great. It looks outstanding. I would encourage you to go get some. So uh, what did you uh, screw up on Twitter that got everybody all worked up? Um, which one? Which one? I, I messed up twice. Oh, God. Yeah. Did you apologize to Keith Law? Make sure we do that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Make sure you do that. I, I Yes, I fixed them both. I'm glad, but just we got to... What so? What did you say? I said. Uh, I said though. <laughs> I said other teams uh, think the Orioles are taking a picture. It's definitely. Yeah, not it's what definitely he not said. what he said. Definitely just not. Just a bad typo there. Just definitely yeah. not what he said. And what yeah. else did you screw up? Oh, and then I called them formerly the Frederick Keys. They're not from the Frederick Keys are no. still around. Completely different yeah. thing. Completely different club. Well, other than all that, fixed, all, all good now. Other than everything, nail it. It, uh, you you prepared to pay a penalty? What are you prepared um, to do here? Yeah, I'm sorry to everyone involved and but the I feel families. like I feel like maybe oh, you know what? A bean. Oh. Where are the beans? They're right here. Go, that's I think I think that's appropriate. Fine. Fine. Correct? All right, yeah. I mean yeah. that's two pretty significant mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's appropriate. Fixed them. Yeah. I mean it could be a good bean. You know what I mean? Like it could be a, a pleasant bean. What do you got there? It's either gonna be actually I don't know what's what it's either gonna be dead fish or barf or peach or strawberry. Dead fish or what? Or or barf. Well, okay, so the, you the, can't the, tell what color yeah, I can't it is. Tell what color. Okay. There's two colors that like what? It could be dead fish. Name or like four different. Okay, go ahead. Let's see, what you got there. Huh? This is a weird reaction. Yeah, it is a weird reaction. I guess that's. What is it? I don't know. Oh, for God's sake! I don't know if that was bad or. I mean, worthless I, you would know to me. No. Okay. Worthless to me. <laughs> All right. Like, I think it was one of the bad ones. Maybe they're going bad. I don't know. All right. Which is good. Then well, then we can open up a new pack. Let's let's do that. Let's throw away the open pack. Uh, don't we have more packs over yeah, there? Yeah, we do. You can open up a new a pack. One. I can taste it now. Oh god! All right. I don't know which one it was. All right, thank you. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's what it is. We have you eating spi- expired jelly beans <laughs> when you make mistakes. They're just all bad. Yeah, they're all bad. Maybe it was expired. a good flavor, and now it's just. All right, back to Carson's a hack. Which one of these? Don't don't touch them. Point to which one you think is the colder one. That one? Because <laughs> that one was the one that was wrapped in the towel, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So let's find out. I'll start. Give me the one that you don't think is colder okay. first. I, close I, your I, eyes. I think Cl- I can oh, tell. Close your eyes. Give me the one that you don't think is colder first. I think I can tell here. The one that you don't think is colder. It's not very cold. It's By the way. These this started is, out hot, by the way, This is the man. difficult part, though. This is totally drinkable at this point. So now the other one. 
colder. I'll give you that. It does work. It, it it's looked, colder. It's cold. I can it's, see the condensation. Okay. It's colder. Somewhat forming. But okay. what I would say is it's not so drastic a difference that the towel okay. seems to... It's more like... True. I think you put most things in the freezer for 10 minutes. They're going to be cold <laughs> enough. come out a little colder. I don't... I mean... I guess the beers is like the one that was... That would probably be... You want to come in another day this week and see if it works with beer? Sure. We're off next Tuesday, anyways. We got to figure out when you're going to come in next week too. Okay. But you want it? You want a your chance to to to? I'll come in with a six pack. You want to? I'll come in with a six pack of warm you beer come bottles. Up. You don't have to stay for the whole show. We'll figure out a way. You don't have to. I mean, I I don't know where your hours are for what you need for your your internship. I can come in but, tomorrow morning. If but you if you want to come in for a little bit, just to yeah. try to get redemption on this. Okay, we'll talk after. But the you show should probably probably try to be confident about it. Like I would go if I were you. I would go back tonight and be very confident that it's going to be more. There's yeah, going to be a more dramatic. Yeah, rig it however you need to. You know. Yeah, rig it exactly <laughs> right. May, I think it's going to work. I'm saying like this. Like I think it did, but I just. I mean, like Griffin feel them. I, I like it's a little bit colder, but not so I much. Know, it's definitely not a life hack. There's no way that it's like. So this is the colder one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a little bit yeah. colder, right? Like. Yeah. That I freezer, mean, all right. To be fair, that freezer is not exactly. It's kicking. not an overwhelming <laughs> it's freezer. Exactly I don't disagree kicking. with that. It's not a kicking freezer, no doubt about that. But it's a little bit colder, is what I would say. Yeah, it's yeah. not an it, like technically. Does it work? So what is it? A three out of five, or like? I, don't give me the save line. Just give me the hold, man. Just, just you want the hold. Just, just give me the hold. That's what you want. I would say right now you're like uh, you're one point seven out of three. That's fine. Like that's what it's I would I would give you is your one point or one point six six six. Six 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 eternally out of three. Like this is kind of a thing, but sure. not fully a thing. And that was that was a uh, life hack. Oh, oh. That, Jesus! I even <laughs> and that was I even pointed in everything. And that was yeah. He's a hack, man. <sighs> yeah, he's hacking life. It's Carson. Is a hat. Should make you have another jelly bean out of that. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll come back another day this week. And we Remember, I literally pointed at the thing. I like, said, and that it. was to cue, to cue it like up. that was an overly dramatized. It's a new thing. In a, in a real world scenario, I should just be able to say, and that was. And Griffin knows. Boom. And he's yeah. the producer, and he hits the button. I went even a step further. <laughs> and that was. Are we doing it again? Is this no? Oh, okay. <laughs> You know what? Maybe Shania Twain's gonna be better. Maybe, maybe my day's only gonna go up from here. Are you going to see her? Twain concert? Yeah. Going to that, you're, oh, you're not excited. No, I'm not excited even a little bit. Plus, it's why? To, on, first of all, I, this is not, not anything. She's got some fun songs. She has one. That's fine. All right, fair. <laughs> one. That's fair. One. By the way, it came up. In, so I, I, last night I got the trivia, and I'm telling. By the way, the only sports question last night was one that the entire bar got. Uh, name the only two. Uh, MLB teams that they, they share a name with NFL teams. Uh, Cardinals. Yes. Yeah. There you go. And um, that was the only sports question? It was the only sports question. And the question. Giants. Yes, Cardinals thank you. Giants. Yes. The only sports question. That's it. Good thing you Good thing you were there. I'm sure there was plenty of political questions, right? I mean, we won last night. I, you know what actually saved, you know what saved me? Uh, we So I... I actually did not know the final, but two of the guys on the team did know the final. It was who wrote the Johnny Cash hit, A Boy Named Sue. I did not know that was children's poet Shel Silverstein. I had no idea really? that was the case. Huh. Um, uh, I, I, got, I nailed this one. Name the three countries that produce the most beef. 
The U.S. Mm-hmm. Three for three on this one. The U.S. I'm not going to tell you. Just give me your yeah. three. I feel like there's somewhere in South America. Maybe not. I don't know. Brazil? J- I'm going to say Japan because of the Wagyu stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and the U.S. But it's not like... Yeah. I feel like... Yeah. I want to say China just because it's you know big. It's big. A lot of people. A lot of so beef. Are we talking be exports or are we just produced, talking in general? What, pr- what three countries produce the most beef? Yeah. I want to go China. China's got to be in there. It's got to be one of them. Okay. And you know, then, what are your three? Uh, Brazil, U.S.? Yeah, let's go China. Yeah, because Brazilian steakhouses. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Let's, let's go to China, man. China, Brazil, and U.S. Much like I, you would have gone three for three. Well done. Let's go. Those are the three. Hey, Absolutely. Go. Look at that. You did very well with that. Uh, what are the only four cities in New England with a population of 150,000 or more? Oh, man, Boston. my English geography. I'm not going to tell you. you got to guess for right. four cities. Say it again. 150,000. 150,000 or more. In New England. Yeah. Mont- New England. Montpelier. Mm, no. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Is Man- yeah, I guess Manchester is pretty small. Mm. I need four. So it doesn't count New York. It's in New England. I'm not telling. I'm not I giving you. Know I, what that, I couldn't four, even. four cities in New England. <laughs> <laughs> like you've got the entirety of what we had to work with. You're trying to get Augusta. I don't. I don't get to turn around to the quiz master and say, "Hey, Is where's New, New York, England?" Yeah. Uh, Concord, Concord, Concord. Yeah, sure. We'll go Montpelier, Concord, Boston. Well, there's got to be another Foxborough. Sure. No, not Foxborough. Not Foxborough. 150,000. What other cities are, pretty are big, up man. there? I, let's go Augusta. Why not? Yeah. All right. You would have been one for four <sighs> with Boston. Now, I did not, as it turns out, because I said Hartford, and apparently uh, Hartford. Oh, Hartford, yeah. Yes. But no, but they only have a population of 120,000, which is mm. shocking to me. Is that not the capital? I assume it is, but it's just more shocking that like, we Hartford treat Hartford like a real city. Uh, Boston, of course, kind of surprised you missed Providence. Pretty big uh, city. Yeah, Providence. Um, oh. The one that that's Rhode Island, right? I didn't even know that was the, New that's England. Why I wouldn't have guessed. Honest with you, I guess everyone in Rhode Island lives in Providence. The guys on my team fought back about, but I nailed was Worcester, Massachusetts. Absolutely. Uh, and then fourth, I was, that's what I was trying. To, I was trying to think what other cities are the in. Fourth that I was stunned by. I mean, stunned. There are 150,000 people. The home of the Basketball Hall of Fame, Springfield, Massachusetts, apparently has a so bigger population than three Hartford, Massachusetts, Connecticut. Yeah. yeah, three Massachusetts and Providence. Nothing in Maine. So we went three or four, but we did better than most people in that round. I feel like there was another round that I, I killed it on, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, we uh, the, So the, the halftime question is always a music thing. They play a song, and you have to name the artist, the song, and the year. And they never play the, the hook. They don't play the chorus. Like They just play like, one of the verses. And I swear to God, the, ver- the first thing we heard was, I'm going out tonight. I'm feeling all right. And I'm like, oh, my God. I had just been talking to the boys about how I was going to Shania Twain. So, um, obviously, it was Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. This is one of the easier ones. But then the boys are all like, it was tailor-made for Glenn They're Glenn. all like, 96, 97. I'm like, you sons of bitches, you are way too early on this. Like, you are way off. And they're like, I had to fight them just to go to 98, which wasn't even correct, but you get one year of leeway. It was 99. I was like, guys, it might be 2000. Like, you are, you're off. I had to fight them about it. I had to uh, the battle that. Good thing you were ultimately, there. Ultimately, we got that through, and we were uh, big winners last night. Uh, John, uh, trivia, so that was pleasant because we had struggled the two weeks leading up. We had been out of the medal, we had been off the podium altogether <laughs> for two weeks after we had been house champions the previous season. So, been a rough couple of weeks for your boys. Rough couple of weeks. Also, uh, who's Anderson Cooper's mother? Uh, you know Sheila Cooper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
dot <laughs> dot got Cooper. old dot. You don't actually need to give first names. You only need to give last names. And if you had given oh, Cooper, Cooper, you would have been incorrect. Oh. It is, of course, the uh, glory of Vanderbilt. He is, comes from the Vanderbilt family. Oh, so oh yeah. The one. runs with the, they got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think I kind of knew yeah, that. Yeah, like I that knew one. he had like a rich interest. Got that one, too. So uh, Heritage. It was, uh, it was a good night, despite the fact that there was very little sports. We did very well. Uh, Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson got together yesterday. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. If you missed it, you can find it right there. Click on the videos tab or go to YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. We'll come back in, get a tidbit and tube to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Hey, Birdland, watch the Orioles in action against the Minnesota Twins at Camden Yards on Saturday, July 1st at 4.05. Be one of the first 30,000 fans 15 and over to receive the Birdland Hawaiian shirt. Arrive early for one of our most popular giveaways and for early bird Saturdays. Gates open two hours before first pitch every Saturday home game with happy hour, live music, and more. Enter vacation mode and purchase your tickets today at Orioles.com tickets. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. 
All right, back in here on GCR as we wind down for a Tuesday edition of the program. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Go there right now and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. LSU, first team to win the national championship in both baseball and basketball, men's or women's. They're the first team to ever do that. So the women's team obviously won the national title in April with Angel Reese. I was waiting Mm -hmm. for I was. I was holding out hope maybe we'd see like the greatest comeback ever, and then I, I didn't want to see Angel Reese get dunked on. But she was tweeting before the game was even over. She was oh, like, really? she was like, you know, we're champs and do do two sports champs, whatever. Well, she know. was right. Yes, she was. So, right. She yes. was indeed right. Yeah, correct. Um, on Sunday, Felix Bautista had back-to-back strikeouts of 102 miles uh, miles per hour, uh, 102.2 and 102.5. They're the two fastest strikeout pitches by an Orioles pitcher uh, in the pitch tracking era. Um, which is since 2008. Felix Bautista has each of the top eight pitches on that list, strikeout pitches sure, that on that makes list. Sense. Yes, and he has 23 of the top 24. Yeah, all that makes yeah. sense. Who's yeah. the other one? Uh, I, t- I couldn't ah, find Ah, way it. to be over time. Yeah. Since when? Since 08? Yes. Like, who would it be? Uh, like, Cabrera was gone by 08, right? Um, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Anyway, I should have had it prepared, definitely should have been something I, that you should have done. Yeah, but yeah. I, you know, I wanted to share that. I understand that, but like once once you looked at the information, you might have been able to. Uh, since, since we're speaking of Providence, uh, the w- 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 largest shutouts in MLB history were going around with the uh, while the uh, Angels were up what twenty four nothing for right. a while on Saturday right. night. Uh, the the largest shutout in MLB history was the Providence Grays. Ooh, twenty-eight ah, nothing. That was going to be my next guess. That was going to be my next guess. Was the Providence Grays? Of course, who are in New England? Providence. Yes, Providence, which is a little bit bigger than Montpelier. It's the capital, though. You know. Sorry about my New England geography. Uh, you know. I keep going. Uh, Hunter Renfro and Mickey Moniak both went five for five in that game. It's the fifth time uh, since, since nineteen oh one that a team has had two players go five for five or better in the same game. Most recently, they join in 2013 these two tr- Detroit Tigers. Have five Victor RBI. Martinez, not Victor Martinez. You'll never. Get it. It, it's such a random. All Austin Jackson, Andy Dirks. Oh, okay. sure. Yeah, and sure. Omar Infante. Ah, oh. yes. yeah, noted RBI getter, <laughs> Omar Infante. Uh, Andy and Dirks, who I'm pretty sure I've never heard of. Oh, no, you never heard of Andy yeah. Dirks? A little uh, mm. utility man for the you Tigers in the so. early 20 teens. I'll choose to believe you, but I don't know. Uh, and Spencer Strider, after pitching yeah last night, he now has the most strikeouts in his first career 36. His first 36 career Major League Baseball starts with 311. Uh, see if you can name the next three uh, on this list. The uh, most strikeouts in their first 36 career starts. Roger Clemens. Not Roger Clemens. Nolan Ryan. Not Nolan Ryan. Randy Johnson. Not Randy Johnson. I guess that'll be tough. You know, we, Steve Carlton. Not Steve Carlton. I'm just guessing the guy. Louis yeah. Tion. I guess I just have to give it to you. It, How about tough. Juan Marichal? Not Juan Marichal. How about Kerry Wood? Kerry Wood nice. is one of them. 290. He is top four. Certainly is phenomenal. Oral Hershiser. Not Oral Hershiser. Bob Gibson. Not Bob. Vida Blue. Not Vida. Bob Feller. Not Bob Feller. How about Mark Pryor? Uh, Mark Pryor's top five. Yeah. Uh, so Mark Mulder. Count. Um, not Mark Mulder. Greg Maddox. Not Greg Maddox. Tom Glavin. Not Tom John Sanders. Smoltz. Not Zito. John Smoltz. Andy Pettit. You're, you're on the right track in the 90s. and Barry Zito? I guess this guy was in the 80s when he started. Not Barry Zito. 80s, 90s. Doc Gooden. 
Doc Gooden, he is number two, 310. So Spencer Strider just passed him. And then number three on this list, he was a Dodger. Uh, he was a Dodger. Fernando Valenzuela. No. Not Hershiser. He's an international player, though. He's an international player that was a Dodger. Yes. International player that was a Dodger. Ramon Martinez. Not Ramon. Pedro? No, not Pedro. Like, why, the way you said not Ramon made it seem like it was another Martinez. Oh, sorry. I'm like, what the? Yeah. I almost said the F word there. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost came out. Hideo right, Nomo. Hideo Nomo, number three on this uh, list. Spencer Strider, Doc Gooden, Hideo Nomo, Kerry Wood, Mark Pryor. Right. Most strikeouts in their first 36 career starts. All right. Very good. Here's uh, what's coming up totally tubular-wise. That was an adventure. Uh, Tubular well done, well is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Reds Orioles tonight, Andrew Abbott, Tyler Wells. Pretty good pitching matchup, weather permitting, 7 o'clock on Masson. Uh, Gold Cup tonight on FS1, Canada and Guadalupe, which is uh, allegedly a country. That's 7 o'clock. Guatemala, which I did know was a country, and Cuba at 9. Uh, New York Liberty, Connecticut Sun at 7 on NBA TV. CBS Sports Network, Seattle Storm, Minnesota Lynx at 8. Dallas Wings, Phoenix Mercury at 10. The Mighty Merc. ESPN for another episode of The Ultimate Fighter tonight at 10 o'clock. Uh, the rest of the baseball, Nationals, Mariners, 930 on Madison 2. Yankees Athletics, 930 on MLB Network, TBS. Twins Braves at 720. USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights. No. America's Got Talent. Right. That's a, that, is, that is it. All right. There's nothing. Nothing. There is nothing. Nothing. nothing, nothing. nothing. It's, the season three, it's the season three uh, finale of Superman and Lois on the CW. Ah. And then the series finale of Gotham Knights on the okay. CW as well. Okay. Okay. Everything else, glennclarkradio.com. Yes. All right. Uh, thanks today to Keith Law. Thanks also to Jonathan Mayo and to Brandon McGee. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Stuff and things. We're, we're killing. Might be a great night for me to watch a movie. Just, no, I, I would maybe try to book. Some I can come in and do yeah. the beer thing. Tomorrow. Right, the beer we thing. Can kill some time. That's that's our big that's our big pool to get everybody. Oh yeah. Got to make sure you tune in to see if Carson can get beer cold in a freezer. <laughs> How are you gonna miss that? What other shows giving you that, huh? Are they they it's doing fair. that on Vinny and Haney tomorrow? It's a fair point. Is that what is that what happening on the Kevin Sheehan show? think not i think you're only getting that content right here and a breakdown of my son's capri sons i'll bring capri sons in we can test those out test yeah pacific yeah, cooler please big day big day ahead yeah, tomorrow right. big big day cool thanks to everybody at press Box. oh does there a new season of bachelorette tonight last Today? night yeah, last night i thought it's a hulu thing uh i mean i guess oh, it they, comes they, out they on they hulu the next oh, okay, got day yes got it yes. got it got it got it uh, thanks, everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, as well as Glory Days Grill, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Acosta Sin, All-American Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Carson at Carson Ware. On, yep, that's right. Yep. And that's Ware with an I. That's right. Griffin thanks, at Griffin Glenn. underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a good Tuesday night. If you see me at Shania Twain, Give me a hug. Singing his heart out. Just, just <laughs> like I don't know. You got a t cowboy hat. Tell me. I think Mrs. Clark does. Yes. Uh, tell me. Tell me the sun will come up tomorrow. <laughs> like just come over and.
give me a firm handshake and say, hey, Bubba, we understand. I do look forward to the bathroom lines being short, though. I do look forward to that. Because everyone's going to be standing out. No one's going to want to miss the concert. No, I mean, right. the, the women's lines will be quite long. And oh, the, I see. The men's lines will be, enjoy your line. Enjoy your line. All right, have Just a great. Hang out in the bathroom. Go, uh, go Birds. Duke sucks.